0: I just feel like there's also a concept of a world where they dial the people again and Picasso goes through and like <laughs> passes the test and all dogs transcend. You, you had a treat, but you didn't eat it yourself. You gave it to your friend to eat. Why? <laughs> Picasso's like, oh, bark. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to our The 100 Podcast brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 25 year old actor and drama instructor. I like brooding anti heroes, feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. And our fun fact for this episode is three characters that you would like to have seen transcend at the end of this episode. Uh, or like beyond the beach. Yeah, beyond the beach at the end of the episode. Um, and my top three that I chose are Bellamy. Which I'll talk about later. Of course. I will 100% cry this episode, by the way. I respect you. Uh, Monty. Mm -hmm. And Dark Horse Kane. Interesting. Yeah. Bold choice from you. I just feel like he deserved it. Yeah. Yeah. And my name is Samantha Coley. I'm a 27-year-old marketing coordinator and television critic. I'm a senior writer and the social media specialist at Telltale TV. I like over 40s OTPs and making playlists. I'm on Twitter at Sam Casey's where you can find me yelling about television and fangirling middle-aged actresses. Um, my top three is probably not surprising. Abby, Kane, and then I'm gonna pretend that the Lexa that was there was actually Lexa, Mm -hmm. and say Bellamy for my third, because I think they both should have been there. Mm. She's just going through, well if I can choose a fourth, (laughs) then I'm gonna go, I guess I'll go Jasper. Yeah, Yeah. I would have loved to have seen Jasper there. Mm -hmm. I I made a whole list on Twitter of all Mm -hmm. the people that should have been there, in my opinion. Yeah. Today we have words to say about episode 716 of The 100, The Last War. And then a war didn't even really happen. Why didn't? I guess I, I, guess I know why we didn't call it Maybe Meet Again, because Maybe Meet Again actually means nothing, because... Because we didn't meet anyone again. We, didn't we just, meet just meet anyone again, met really. the same people we'd already been with. We will rise into light groups. Oh. I guess I guess I understand why we didn't choose any of the things that we thought it should have been, because none of them made sense. Yep, none of them made sense. It wasn't even a... It wasn't even a war. It, we, we really could have called it Your Fight is Over, though, I gotta say. Yeah, we could have! Yeah, but we called it The Last War instead, uh, and it's, it was the series finale. It's Man, that's, it. that's another thing I'm now upset about, because Your Fight is Over would have been way better. Yeah. Going into, um, thoughts from listeners, we have just a couple about this, the past episode that we, um, talked about. Um, we got a really good comment on SoundCloud from my mom that I really want to point out. She said that Shade had looked really comfortable using the gun, which grounders weren't until they were in WAN crew, which he was not. Shade Hedda was not part of WAN crew and Mm -hmm. grounders aren't supposed to know how to use guns. Exactly. Until they were in WAN crew. So, okay. I mean, like if I were to make that make sense, I'd be like, oh, well he like has that memory of using a gun from Russell, but they just like really, they just choose really conveniently which things Shade Hedda knows from Russell and which things he doesn't. So sure. I mean, does he, maybe he knows it from Maddie, but I guess, cause Maddie's used a gun, has she? Um, yes, Clark showed her how to use it. Okay, phone. I don't. Sure, whatever. So yeah, um, and then we got a couple of emails about, um, and like I said, this is about last episode. So if you send us an, uh, one about this one, uh, we have thoughts on that. We later. will talk to you later. Yeah. So we got an email from Katie about last episode, but we talked about it at the end of last episode, um, but we do have one more email from AJ. Um, and AJ said, hi guys, AJ again, just one. So just to update, I wanted to start out saying I'm now halfway through the first season of The Lost podcast, and you were right, I'm loving it. She serious chef's kiss. I watched twice, but it's been a couple years, so I love the spoiler section because it helps me remember how everything ties together. It's so good, love it so much. Wow, what a great opinion. <laughs> what a great opinion that other people should really follow the, follow suit on. <laughs> Now for the hundred. I actually really loved last week's episode, but I have to agree the fact that Clark was willing to kill Maddie and then just leave her was awful. I was actually crying for that whole scene because the acting was so good but I love the thruple of Murphy, Amori, and Raven. They were always a guilty pleasure ship to me, and this episode was so good for their bond. Agree. I'm truly so mad that Jason ruined this show and won't be able to make the prequel because I need to know why the Asgeta symbol is over the stone. There are theories that Callie was Tree Crew and Reese made Asgetta, but it wouldn't make sense for Reese to bury the stone considering he wanted to help his father. So did he switch? Did Callie actually make Asgeta? Did they both bury it because they know how awful their dad is? I'm confused and we will probably never get answers for it. Did he bury it so he, so that Callie couldn't get to him? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't know. And we never will. So, uh... May have your own handkin. I honestly don't know how they're going to wrap everything up in one final hour. They have so much to do. Echo needs to get to everyone, and Mori needs to be saved, but then those four are going to be separated. Are the Bardo people going to go- are the Bardo people going to all go to Earth so we get back to the others, or is Clark just going to take the test and everyone transcends separate and end up in the same place? I have so many questions and concerns, and I sadly can't wait to be done with this show. Keep up the good work. I love you guys so much. AJ. AJ, thank you. You're great. Um... (laughs) Some of those questions were answered, Uh, and like we said, we have gotten, as of the time of recording this, we have six emails about the finale, Um, and so we just wanted to let you guys know, surprise! (laughs) Um, We are going to have a post-series discussion coming out in the next coming weeks, um, before October is over, and... There's kind of gonna be like three parts of that. The first part is going to be us reading out your guys' emails and discussing how we felt about them. And then the second part is going to be q and A. Q&A. So I have made a survey that you guys can check out in the description. We are going to record on October 14th. So you have until October 14th to get in your guys' questions. If the link is still in the description, that means you still have time to um, ask questions because I'm going to take it out of the description once that time is over. So we would really appreciate it if you guys wanted to send in some questions about um, like what you think you want us to discuss more about or something that, you know, we touched on in the podcast this season or, or in previous seasons that you don't think we went far in enough on. Um, and then, or just any questions you have about like our thoughts on the show in general, Mm -hmm. or, like, our process doing podcasts and everything. If you guys want to, like, pepper in little what is your favorite color questions, too, (laughs) that would be great, because I feel like it might be a little heavy. Yeah, if you guys want to throw some happy questions in there about anything, Mm -hmm. we would appreciate it. Yeah, we would appreciate it. And I'm going to put a little place for you to put your name, um, but if you want to ask anonymously, that will also be an option. So, um, yeah, we would really appreciate it if you guys would go and check that out in the description and uh, send us some questions for the um, discussion that we're going to be having. And um, the third part I'm excited to announce is we are going to have a conversation with Hypable's Selena Wilkin. Um, she's going to come on and talk about her thoughts on the finale, and I'm really excited to talk about her. Mm-hmm. Uh, er, and, I'm really, and I'm really excited to talk to her about it. However, if that ends up being longer than I expect it to be, that m- they might have to come out in separate parts, but um, <laughs> hey, that's more content for you guys, so I don't see why, why that wouldn't be, why that, why that would be an issue. Uh, so yeah, so I guess we're just going to get started here, but yeah, please send us in your questions for the discussion, and here we go. Here we go. So, there are kind of a little bit of, like, separate storylines this episode, but but we kind of want to get the summary just completely over with so that people who haven't seen it can get the whole scope of it and we can discuss the whole scope of it while we're talking. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing is, for the first time, I decided to do my summary in between. I was doing it during the commercial breaks so you can kind of tell that I like don't know what's coming up next when I write it sometimes. Okay yeah so this is my uh, my summary for the Series finale of The Hundred. Raven, Murphy, and Jackson get through to Sanctum and try to restart Imori's heart. They succeed, but she's still very weak. Murphy offers his blood for her and tells Raven that she needs to save Maddie and kill Cadigan, not sure why this is her job. Clark, Octavia, and Levitt take the elevator to the stone room and Clark basically just grenades the disciples and shoots them a million times. It's not badass. it's kind of just unhinged. They get to the stone room and the stone is bright white they are too late inside the transcendence realm thing cadigan is on a pier that he used to go to with callie callie shows up and is the judge she tells him that he needs to take the test and answer truthfully or be eliminated becca refused to take the test cadigan starts but clark shows up and just shoots him in the head so uh he's dead now (laughs) rotunda crew tries to get through the rocks jordan's gonna go get more water but he's distracted by hope who kisses him because he said they were friends the anomaly starts up, and Raven brings through the Allegis miners because her and Nikki are just cool now. They get ready to head to Bardo because Jordan has a plan, and Nikki just like brings in Echo and Nyla like it's nothing. They go through, and Jordan turns off their suits somehow. I guess we'll talk about that when we get when we get into the nitty gritty. Mm-hmm. Um, they all post up for their fight. <laughs> Or lack thereof. Back on Sanctum, Miller shows up and reunites with Jackson. Murphy demands they get back to Amori. They try to take out the rebar and save her, but Amori doesn't make it. Murphy asks Jackson to take the chip out of Amori's head. Jackson won't do it because he thinks that Murphy wants to put it inside Murphy's head. Murphy says he'll do it himself, but can't bring himself to do it. Jackson offers to do it. Levin and Octavia are just hanging out and Levit reveals that you have to be alive to transcend so everyone who's dead is just out of luck. Echo and Raven show up and ask for their help. Echo apologizes for torturing Levit. They need to stop everyone from fighting. Inside the realm thing, Clark sees Lexa and she basically just says she's in pain and says she killed people and did it for love so is not sorry. Lexa says that the human race isn't worthy if Clark is the human race. Amori wakes up in Murphy's mindspace, and it's very romantic but Amori is not having it. Murphy will die in a few hours so she wants it taken out. Music starts to play, so they start dancing, and we see him unconscious next to her body as Jackson and Miller dance in Sanctum. Clark comes out of the light and tells Raven that she failed and everyone will die now. Raven should have been the one to take the test. She leaves, and the ball turns red. Raven touches it and finds herself on the Ark. Abby is there and says that it's too late. Raven tries to get her to let them live, even if they can't transcend. Abby shows her that everyone's going to start fighting on Bardo. They see that Shade is about to shoot the first shot to start the war. Shade Hedda shoots, but people don't start fighting. Levitt runs out and tries to convince everyone not to fight because that's not how you transcend. It's pretty clear that this was supposed to be Bellamy. Everyone listens, but Shade Hedda shoots Levitt. Everyone starts fighting, and Echo and Octavia go to grab Levitt amid the gunfire. Echo gets shot in the process. Hope and Jordan show up to help, and Octavia goes out and does another big speech. The Grounders and the Disciples agree not to fight. Abby allows everyone to transcend and basically everyone just like turns into balls of light. With Maddie, Clark has her on the ground and apologizes. Maddie doesn't want to transcend and leave Clark, but Clark tells her it's okay and Maddie also turns into a little ball. Clark goes looking everywhere for more people and no one is around except Picasso. Clark takes her to Earth, but she runs away pretty much immediately. Clark follows Picasso and Lexa greets her, telling her that Clark can never join them. However, people can choose not to transcend. They'll die on Earth and won't join the consciousness. Maddie has chosen to stay transcended. It's revealed that everyone else we care about other than Maddie has chosen to come back and start over on Earth. Like, everyone including Levitt? <laughs> I'm, mostly, I'm mostly just upset that Bellamy isn't here. And, uh, that's it. That's, that's the show. Yep. Okay. Sure. <laughs> um... So, first thoughts, I. Surface level, the ending was nice. I thought it's. I think it's nice, surface level, Mm -hmm. that Clark gets to spend the rest of her life with her friends and the people that she cares about. Surrounded on Earth. Surrounded by love, and I think that's wonderful. Yeah. There are some, like, not surface level things that, like, I'm a little weirded out about. Like ultimately, uh, we were fully just laughing out loud when everybody was turning into balls of light. I, there are a was, lot of not surface level things that I am very annoyed and frustrated about. Right. And disappointed. Yeah. The main thing that bothers me, I think, is that like this show wasn't about magic until this season mm-hmm. and not even really until the middle of this season even. Yep. So it it just bothers me that the end of this show is rooted in magic when the entire show has been rooted in science, which is why it's called science fiction. Yeah. Like, even all the stuff with the primes was, like, crazy, but it was still like, here's the science and this is the way that we were able to do this. And, like, you can absolutely have, like, religion in a science fiction show. And absolutely. I think there's, like a thousand percent room for that Mm -hmm. in science fiction yeah but this felt really like a last ditch weirdo way to like make everything not make sense and not matter just so that we could like somehow get to that last scene Mm -hmm. because we went too far in the other direction Like, surface level, just looking at the episode and looking at, like, what happened, I'm like, okay, you know, there wasn't anything in the episode that I, like, hated that much, you know, like, I'm I'm not gonna come out here and, like complain that much about like any of the scenes in particular um it's just like the concept of what actually like happened in the scope of the entire show that bothers me. I personally hate the throwing in that dead people can't transcend. Right. I think that's extremely stupid. I hate I hate I I I hated that I don't, I don't know I didn't like that transcendence was I don't know I didn't like it. <laughs> I also didn't like that like I liked Seeing Abby and Lexa again, mm-hmm. but I also have a lot of problems with the way that they were brought back. Right, and the fact that neither of them are actually yeah. Abby or Lexa. Yeah, yeah. I, I we're gonna get into it more when we like go actually into the details of it. I think, but just to like jump off of what you just said, Levitt could be like the Shepherd said that dead people don't transcend. The Shepherd's been wrong about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. He it was It was a war. It, it was a test. It literally. It there would have been nothing wrong with being like, oh, he was wrong and that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm really I'm really into the thought of Raven going in or whatever and being like, Well I heard that the dead can't transcend or whatever and Abby being like, Huh? Well, that's <laughs> just not true. Yeah. Because making making the only people who can transcend the people who were alive at this time of a species means that like every other member of the bardoan's cult who are bardoans bardoans mm-hmm. um, the cult who believed for like decades and decades they don't get to transcend. Mm -hmm. Bellamy doesn't. All of the people that we've known in history, uh, of this show who, like, sacrificed their lives to, like, give for other people and make sure that everyone else has a chance to do better and, like, keep living, they don't get to transcend. And, like, all of the people who were completely innocent and, like, good people who died on Earth, like, Mm -hmm. during the three apocalypses we had on Earth, they don't get to transcend. Like, it just seems like such a waste and such a... (sighs) These beings or whatever that, like, allow for transcendence are supposed to be, like, all powerful and, but, and, like, good, I guess, in the end. But they are, like, really bad. They either kill you because you don't live up to their standards, or they rapture up everyone who's alive at some point and screw everyone else in your species that ever existed. Correct me if I'm wrong, but... Wasn't part of the, I might be wrong because this feels like a really big deal for it to have been, for me to have been wrong about, but weren't the Bardowans or like the disciples like all being like, we're all working towards transcending because once we all transcend, we all transcend or whatever. Right. Because if we're nowhere near transcending... Why am I helping you? <laughs> right. Like I, I understand. understand that that's like what you were brought up on or whatever, but like if I was a disciple, I'd be like, well clearly I'm not going to transcend in my lifetime, so like I'm right. going to leave. <laughs> and like their whole phrase is for all mankind, yeah. not for, for all mankind, mankind who, who are is, here who right now. Who is alive, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Well, let's get into the thing, and and we'll keep talking about about this after, and um, we'll get to how everybody else felt about it in our series wrap up discussion when we read out everybody else's emails, because um, they have been pretty um evenly matched at this point of like people that actually liked it and people that didn't like it, and some people who are like I liked it, but here's some criticisms that I had of it, and people who are like I don't didn't like it, but here are some things that I liked about it. So. This is mostly just like our opinions this this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're gonna get to your guys' opinions um, next time. So at first, we, we start with Sanctum when they're bringing in Amori. And I thought, well, why are they coming out of the anomaly in a different place on Sanctum? Yeah. And then I realized that we don't actually see the green, so I think they just ran from the throne room to here. I guess. Yeah, that would make sense. I hope there's a, I guess, I guess now we're supposed to believe that it's not just stairs. Yeah. Because they re- wheeled her in on a cart, apparently. So they bring in the defibrillator and um, Raven, we bring up... We bring back Raven having shocked herself, which I appreciated because that's, like, my favorite Raven season was season four, I think. Yeah. Murphy calls Jackson Jax, which I thought was, like, just a Miller thing, but okay. <laughs> um, they're really dragging out Amori's death. They have her die, like, last episode, they kind of have her, like, die, and then this episode, they have her die again before, like, or they save her again just for her to die again. So, like, that was kind of, like, painful. Yeah, She so she breathes, but they just kill her again um raven murphy and raven offer to give her blood because she's lost too much of it um but raven can't give her blood because she's not a Nightblood. blood but it does track that she would want to um and it shows that raven does love Amori even though she didn't like say it outright last episode yeah i really i just i i love this ot3 mm-hmm. me too yeah i'm like jackson do we need to be here? <laughs> I mean, yes, he does. But I'm also like, well, my, my OT3, get out. I really hate seeing needles go into skin. Like, why is that something that TV does? Why is that necessary? Does anybody like watching needles go into skin? I don't think so. Why? So then why do we like, do it? I mean, like, I don't personally have, like, any aversion to it, but, like, I don't enjoy it. Yeah. And, like, we, you can still imply that someone is, like, giving the other person blood without showing a close-up of, like, yeah, stabbing exactly. someone's like, vein. Yeah, show the needle beside the arm, but don't show it going into the arm. It makes me so uncomfortable. I feel it in my own arm, and I hate it. Thank <laughs> like, you. Like, I frequently, like, will give blood for, yeah. like, Red Cross and stuff, but I don't even look at my own arm when they're mm-hmm. doing it, yeah. so... Yeah, uh, Gross. Why does Murphy give Raven these orders? Um, like, is he just kind of reminding the audience what the goal is? I think, the so. I think so. I think it's scene? exposition yeah. of, like, this is our objective for this episode. Mm-hmm. And it's, pro- it's probably also implying that Raven is ultimately the hero, which is what right. happens later. That's okay with me. Yeah, I'm like, I would have been even more okay with it, too, if we hadn't had to have Raven go on some weird, like, self-righteous journey all season. Mm-hmm. um, And last season. Yeah, but if, uh... I, I, am, I am fine with Raven being the hero, but I'm also, like, really annoyed with it being at the expense of Clark just right. being garbage, Yeah, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Cadigan, they're like, Cadigan's probably already at the stone, which I brought up last episode, and Levitt helps them get to the, like, through the elevator with the eye scanner thing. Um Clark just, like, has grenades. I, I'm not really sure where she where got did these. She get them? But her jacket is great, so if her this, is just, is, if this cool. is just a moment to showcase Clark's jacket, I'm okay with it. Yeah. And Levitt says, maybe we don't deserve to transcend, which reminds me of maybe there are no good guys and Mm -hmm. other things that have been said throughout the series. Maybe you don't deserve to transcend. Honestly. I don't know. And also, like, what is the point of transcending? I still yeah, don't know. That's, that's another thing that, like, and I think we talked about this last episode, so we don't have to go too far into it, but, like, what makes Transcendence better or worse than the City of Light? Like, I, there's no difference, really, right? I yeah, don't- There's still, like, there's, I guess, the fact that it's a choice, but other guess, than that, no. And and I guess, I don't know, because the City of Light is, like, collecting people, and these people are, like, a, a club? not <laughs> Like, an exclusive club, or- I mean, they, they seem to collect people as well, yeah. like, that's- what they did, and, like, at the end, god Lexa or whatever is like, you've already added so much to our our species, and Mm -hmm. I'm like, what? Yeah. Well, why didn't you want us then? Right, like, why didn't- (laughs) This is- if you're supposed to be, like, omniscient and Mm all-powerful, then you would have known that already and just yoinked them up earlier. And, like, what did we add specifically? I'm- I'm- I'm trying to figure out more things about the other species that are with you. Are you telling me that you have, like- and, like, she, she, they're telling us that they have, like, aliens and stuff in there, right? Like, right. Is that what they're oh, telling us? Oh, for sure, for sure. one of the things that bothers me the most is that, like, we don't get to even see what is what Transcendence is like. Like, they put Maddie in there, and everybody else comes back, and so we just hang out with everybody else. We don't ever see Maddie again, so we don't even know, really, what Transcendence is and, like, what even happens in there or what it's, like, like, you know? Like, what was nice about the City of Light is that we got to go in there and we got to see it mm-hmm. and see everything that was happening in there. Um, but with Transcendence, I'm just like, but what? And, like, we, yeah, exactly, and we just, they say that they've already, like, learned so much from their species or whatever, but they clearly haven't taught them anything about love yet, Mm -hmm. which is, like, supposedly, like, the driving force of humans, like, in my mind, Mm -hmm. and I thought in the show's mind at one point, but they, the, the species clearly still doesn't understand love because the, like, being with Clark when she, like, reveals that her friends are there, thinks it's so weird that they chose to come back. Like, she yeah. still doesn't understand no one's ever done it why they chose to come back. And yeah. it's, like, because they love her. Like, yeah. I don't... Yeah, right, right, right. Also, they did a bad job of showing that they loved her up until this point, but that's mm-hmm. that's a conversation for later. And Yeah, another thing is, it's like, is it because they loved Clark or is it because they love each other and want to, like, hang out together? You know what I mean? Like, Or because Transcendence is, like, not all that great and they yeah. don't want to be there. Right. Like, this is supposed to be, like, your ultimate, like, heaven space. Yeah. Like, transcend, like, evolve into a higher power being. And these people are like, nah. And I'm like, so why? So why? So why? So Clark just starts mowing people down and it's, like, just really... Excessive. Just a lot. Like, it's it's a cool slow-mo shot Mm. and during any other season I would think it would have fit well. Because, like, we have characters who go on emotional rampages, like in the series in general and like I get it but like at I just am really disappointed that the evolution that they decided on for Clark was just to have her devolve into like the worst version of herself for love which really does send the message that love is weakness and um it kind of sucks. Like it's implied then later that you know, she, like, revolves into, like, the Clark that we know and love and is, like, gonna be a better person now because she doesn't have to worry. However, what I do have to say is those freaking kids, there's no way that they're just gonna have peace, you know? Even though there's, like, what, 13 of them there or whatever. Like, they're, definitely Murphy's gonna piss somebody off and then we're gonna start having having issues again, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know about this. Like, it's not all, it's not all gonna be happy and sunshines, but life isn't. So like, that's okay. I just think that like them being like, so now you'll be happy forever. I'm just like, as happy as you can be when Murphy's being a jerk the whole time. But yeah. <laughs> I, I don't even feel like it, they they claim that Clark like re-evolves into like the person that she was at her peak. Mm. Because I feel like they're just like, well, we're giving you your friends because they don't want to be here. Yeah, And I'm just like, why did we have to bring everyone down? Mm-hmm. Or at least At least bring Clark all the way down and then just be like, well, here you go. Mm -hmm. Here's your reward for um, not being the worst person, but you have to stay here and it's also a punishment because you were the worst person. Right. Really quickly, if I could, I had a couple of notes from uh, listening to the last episode and um, one of my things was that I truly believed that Richard would have chosen for Murphy to die at the end. Mm -hmm. And I think that he did because Murphy would have died. So I like that. (laughs) even though then Jason was like, okay, well, you can die, but you have to come back. Like, you can almost die. Right. Or whatever, because if you die, you definitely can't come back. The bomb? Yeah, we're just not gonna explain that. Uh, Raven says that it's her thing to save everyone, and then she does! Good for her. I love that. Um, Indra chooses to have faith several times this episode, which I really liked also. Yeah. Um, and then I went in on the questions that I had throughout the season. Um, like the the list of questions. Mm -hmm. What happened to Colin? No, nothing. Don't know. What law did Dev break? Don't know. What's the difference between the master and the shepherd? The master meant freaking nothing. Um, (laughs) there were 13 symbols on Hope's face? No idea. And the one time when they tested Octavia and said, she's clean. Got nothing. What? Got nothing. What did it mean? What was the reason? Me looking at everything for the show. What was the reason? That's what sucks is that, like, ultimately they're just being like, maybe meet again doesn't even mean anything because they're not gonna ever meet again because they're... Like, it would have been so great. I don't even know, like, how... There are so many different reasons why making it so that the dead also get to transcend is so much better. Yep. Because then maybe meet again actually means something, and then you Mm -hmm. actually meet them again at the end of the series. Like... Like, like if you're gonna to rip off the ending of lost because we all know that's what happened here at least do it well they even have a golden retriever in the one of the last shots because like the end of lost is like they all have like passed away at the various points in their lives mm-hmm. that they lived and at which point they passed away and then they've all been waiting here together to like go on to the other side mm-hmm. and in this they're like yeah everyone who's dead is just just dead. Like, it. they didn't get to go anywhere. They, they don't even imply that the show has, like, an alternative afterlife to whatever this transcendence is. And they're like, these five people, or 13 people, or whatever, get to, like, come back to Earth and then just die on Earth and also disappear into the ether because they don't get to transcend after. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, it's so hollow and, like, meaningless. Mm-hmm. Like, on the surface... It's It's like, oh, that looks nice. I felt a single drop of serotonin at seeing these people together on Earth. And being happy. But if you look at it any longer than that, it's like, this is bad and I feel bad and I'm sad. Yeah, like, one of the things is that, like, obviously I follow Selena and I kept, like, seeing on her Twitter and she would just, like, do these, like, giant long tweets and I'd be like, oh, I have to remember all of this for the podcast because all of this is such good stuff or whatever. And I realized, (laughs) I was like, I should probably just ask Selena to come on and talk about it. Um, so that's what I did. Uh, (laughs) basically. But one of the people- Thank you, future Selena. Yeah, thank you, future Selena. Um... But one of the things that I, like, picked out out of the, um, our friend Alice, who is at Alice underscore V underscore Smith, added me in one of her thoughts and stuff, and she ended up writing us, like, a longer email about this, so we're obviously going to talk about that, um, in the wrap-up discussion, um, but the small tweet that she sent me was this is maybe a personal thing, but I find the idea that the only happy ending for humanity is not to learn to care for each other, and that the earth. And the Earth, but to literally be wiped out of this universe slash plane of existence altogether, unimaginably depressing. It is. And another thing is, somebody uh, replied to one of Selena's things, um, at Taryn underscore librarian. Uh, I picked this out because it was like, it just like shot me in the heart, basically. They said, there's some really scary stuff here if you look at it. Master race comes along and judges humanity Mm -hmm. by one individual. Standards aren't met, so genocide. Wait, never mind, come be... One with our way of life, and if you don't want that cool, we'll just sterilize you. Yep. Because one of the things that God God Lexa says at the end is that there will be no offspring. Like, humanity ends with these people. Which is just such a weird thing to throw in. I, like, like I keep saying, on the surface, I'm just like, this is nice. But, like, when you really dig deep into it, I'm like, I'm deeply uncomfortable. The themes here are really strange. Anyway, we are very They're... we're not very far into the episode yet. <laughs> and uh, keep having thoughts so and then they I'm... keep disappearing. No, it's it's my brain. I don't know what's wrong with it. Sterilizing people, the humanity ends with them, master race, genocide, <laughs> you know, buzzwords. I don't know, just like the whole thing just makes me uncomfortable in all of its like weird implications and like the the offspring thing is just like such a weird thing to throw in there and like just add one final jab of spite at people, and- You found it. <laughs> yeah. And um my thing is, like, having everybody transcend into, like, nothingness or die into nothingness, because that's what our options are, nothing and nothing, Um, because we don't see either option, mm-hmm. seems like such a waste and, like, invalidates every single season that came before it. Um And, like, I have my problems with season six, but season six did end- with, like, Clark and Bellamy having this conversation where, like, Clark asks Bellamy to tell her that all the terrible things that they've had to do up until this point were worth it, and he, like, tell- he- I think he- I can't remember, because I've only seen this episode, like, once. Um, I'm pretty sure that he- he tries to reassure her in that moment that they'll, like, make sure that it was worth it so that they can like, move on and be better together. Yeah. And having- (laughs) Having transcendence be a thing that not everyone gets to participate in makes none of makes none of it worth it in the end. Like, Clark and Bellamy pulling the lever in Mount Weather, not worth it. Clark having to kill her mom, not worth it. Like, Kane flushing himself out an airlock, not worth it. She killing Bellamy, not worth it. Like, none of it was worth it mm-hmm. because it's not whole. It's just half-assed nothing. Mm-hmm. And, like, was Clark killing Bellamy just to lose Maddie just, like, a... An- Literally just happened so that clark could name a couple more things that hurt her it, w- during the test because That's what it felt like she named like two things And then she was like and also a bunch of things that just happened to me today Right like and we'll never know like what happened behind the scenes because it it's very clear that 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 something happened That affected the story, but we're all adults here and I think you should be smart enough to tell a story that doesn't suck this bad just because you're mad at somebody in real life mm-hmm. so anyway there's a bright white light coming from the stone <laughs> and um Cadigan is inside and it's this like purple sparkle place um it's not purpley and sparkly later in the arc when raven goes in so i'm like is this part of like the pier or like what are the sparkles here like it shouldn't be part of the pier, because, like, they lived in just, like, 50 years from our time. Yeah. Which, like, all technology that exists at that point, I believe, because, like, t- technology is moving at a rapid pace in real life. Because, like, if you think about it, just 20 years ago, we barely had cell phones. And so, like, I believe that they could get to that point, but, like, I don't believe that the peer that he goes to and talks about Callie falling in when she was little... Is surrounded by glowing purple lights in our reality. Yeah, I'm like maybe the arc just isn't purple because it's inside. It, <laughs> it isn't purple because they already had that set. Right. And they didn't have a pier set to go to, mm-hmm. and they instead of putting in a green screen, they of, just made it look like Space Mountain. Right. Instead of a green screen of like an ocean, they green screened in purple lights. Yeah. Or they went to the Dollar Tree and got purple lights. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So on the pier, it says dad and Cal, which is literally just is confusing for to me because that's literally just my dad and my sister. Mm-hmm. Um, 42. So 2042, I assume. Yeah, that would make sense because I think the bombs were supposed to have fallen in 53. Yeah. So it would have been like when she was like five. The bombs fell in, 50, in 53. Wasn't she like a teen by then? Yeah, so... So if this is nine years before, she would have oh, been... Oh, nine years. Okay. So maybe she was, like, seven? Sure. Yeah. Whatever. Sure. So Callie appears, that it's not actually her. Um, he only took her there once. And I'm like, okay, so why is it... I don't really know why this pier was, like, the most important place then. I Because I feel like it's supposed to have been, like, some defining moment in his life when mm-hmm. he almost lost her, and then, like, he actually does lose her later. Right. But it's not... Like, I don't care mm-hmm. at this point, you right. know? Uh, he says that she jumped into the water... And I'm like, okay, I like your idea about it being like something in which like he almost lost her Mm -hmm. or whatever. But the way he talks about it is like with such like genuine nostalgia that it like doesn't feel like it was something really scary to him. Like he's literally just like, you jumped in, classic you, didn't want you to do that again, you know? And then Maybe he's just he might just be a psycho. Yeah. Um I do also like that she um talks about taking after her mother at that yeah. point. Mm-hmm. I am interested in Callie so much as a character and her mom. Yeah. That I half want to watch the, the, a prequel series theoretically, but I do not want to watch it if Jason is at the helm mm-hmm. because I love myself. Yeah. <laughs> give that, take, see if the CW is listening. Hi CW, first of all, thank you so much for Riverdale. <laughs> I'm having a great time. Big fan. If you're listening, pick up the pilot. Pick yeah. it up. Take, take the prequel, order a series, give it to anyone else. Who is not kim or jason mm-hmm. call the benson sisters see if they want it the benson sisters would be great thank you so much yeah just if you're listening so she says this is who you chose so clearly they don't like actively choose because everyone always seems to be surprised yeah like he's like oh and then you know clark's like oh my god and and raven's like oh wow so it, 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 this is it's, who you chose must have been something unconscious it's definitely a- Jeez. okay did you guys know that we live um on the beach <laughs> like, did you know? <laughs> if you hadn't heard, um, we live on the beach, and yeah. there are giant boats out in the... In the, the bay. The every day. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You were saying um, they, they're choosing somebody? I feel like it's a it is a very unconscious decision, because these people, as Raven assumes, read their thoughts and come up with someone that they love. Mm-hmm. So it's not a conscious... You never consciously... In your head, except for like a partner, maybe mm-hmm. choose that you love any of your like specific people mm-hmm. more than the other. Like, like you you do, but you don't like. It's not a ranking system in your head. Like yeah. you don't like rank the people that you love. Not like your top five, from right? My space. <laughs> you just like love a bunch of people, and these these beings, I guess, like pluck one mm-hmm. that have the biggest effect on you. And and they're all dead. It all has to. Be they have to be who's dead. dead. And that's the thing, is that, like, I'm not here to tell the magic beings what they can and cannot do, because apparently, you know, clearly they're magic, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, if they're not transcended, then how did you know what their body looked like? And I think it's probably just memory. Yeah. I guess it's, like, as this person saw them. Yeah. But also, I do feel, I feel like, I'm glad we get to see Abby and Lexa, Mm -hmm. obviously, but the costume choices for both I think are weird if we're going with this is how this person saw them. Mm-hmm. Actually no Abby's Abby's kind of makes sense because the most time that Abby and Raven spend together would either be like their time on the Ark or season three or season four when they spend a lot of time together at the uh at Becca's at house at Becca's lab yeah and Abby does kind of look like this in season four so mm-hmm. that would make sense but for Clark and Lexa, I feel like Clark would have gone with something much softer than Lexa in her like full mm-hmm. war get up. Yeah. And the, it's just iconic which is why they chose it. Right. It's iconic but like if you're gonna tell me that this is what it is. Yeah. I don't buy it. Right. So the people that you choose, choose, are <laughs> either your greatest teacher or the source of your greatest failure or sometimes your greatest love. But that's when you're like humans, you know, are so entrenched in love that usually, like, sometimes that happens, or like, whatever. Well, I wonder who Becca, I wonder who Becca saw. I want to say Becca saw Allie as her greatest failure. That would have been so creepy. (laughs) Yeah, like, I feel like, I mean, that's, I think that maybe it's that part of her, that's part of why she was so scared. Yeah, I feel like Allie is her greatest failure, especially at that point, because she feels responsible for having ruined the world. Mm -hmm. That's, that would be my assumption. Yeah. Either Allie or, like, Someone that she lost because of Allie. Mm -hmm. Um, So Callie is all three for Cadigan. And I thought it was interesting because Raven's is clearly supposed to be Abby was her greatest teacher. And then so since we see three different versions of the judge, I think it's supposed to be the three different kinds of judges you can get. So greatest teacher is Abby for Raven. Greatest failure is Callie for Cadigan. And then greatest love is Clark or is Lexa for Clark? Yeah, I'm not saying I don't. I mean, they all also clearly love each of these characters. Right. Like Cadigan loves Callie and Ab- and Raven right. loves Abby, right? Because she literally does say, "You chose somebody that we love" or yeah. whatever. So he's like, "Are you God?" And she's like, "No, uh, I'm a judge, and I'm pretty sure this is just the good place." Uh, so <laughs> it's good, the good place, but make it bad. Yeah. So Jordan was right; it's just a test. Um, they say that Becca refused the test. And do you think that if Cadigan had not been interrupted and had just taken the test, do you think he would have passed? I think he would have. Yeah, actually. I think if he had just, I think he would have, Callie says you have to tell the truth and that's how you do it or whatever. And then we decide. And I think Cadigan would take that so seriously that he would fully just tell the truth no matter what she asked him. And I don't, I don't don't know exactly what they're like, rubric is. I think he would have like very calmly and like truthfully taken the test to like with a brutal honesty. Yeah. Um, and then that's fe- when she would have to decide if that was good enough. Right. But. Cause I feel like he couldn't lie to Callie's face like that, especially mm-hmm. after all these years. Um, but I don't know necessarily that like his answers would have provided her the metric for mm-hmm. them to pass. Yeah. I think they only pass because Raven buys them enough time mm-hmm. for them to be like, well, okay, I guess. Yeah. I um but I feel like he would th- have had an he would have had an easier time getting through it, I think, than Clark would. He would have had a way better chance at passing than Clark because Clark's literally just like, I hate you and I do bad things and yeah, I do bad things and I'm not sorry. Which is just not this <sighs> Clark in this episode feels like a mockery of people who have been fans of Clark and fans of the show. Me because she is just like lashing out emotionally, and it's like, fine, if you're emotional, you don't get to evolve. You suck, perish. Right. (laughs) How dare you have emotions and act on emotions because that makes you weak and pathetic. So I decide your whole species should die because I think you're weak. And I also, I obviously know that Clark is really, really emotional right now because of all the terrible things that literally just happened but I also know that Clark knows what the stakes are. Yeah. And she still would have found a way to, like, calm herself and taken the test because she knows how high the stakes are. It's the stakes for the entire human race. And instead, she just, like, yells at her. Yeah. And Clark is, like, really smart and, like, really good at, like, coming up with options that, like, serve other people, even at her own expense. Because she cares about the human race. Like, she's been fighting for the human race since she stepped foot on Earth. And, like just to have her become this like irrational mess towards the end is just really insulting to Clark as a character and us as fans I think because this isn't accurate mm-hmm. or appropriate or a good message and like there are there have been interviews with Jason Uh, afterwards explaining why Clark uh, does the way she does the things that she does in the finale Uh, and he basically says that character development doesn't have to be good and I I guess you're right buddy because this is bad it's just extremely bad and it's not satisfying character development should be good even if like, people don't, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if if I, it doesn't have to be, like, morally good. Like, you can become an anti-hero, which Clark has been an anti-hero at multiple points in the series, but the ending, it should at least make sense and, like, follow logic for this character. It's just like, it's just like we took the final season and just tore down all of the heroes that we had to make them look bad and then sent Raven on some weird, Raven and Octavia on, like, weird, backward, loophole journeys to make them heroes, which like, in my opinion, they were heroes all along, Mm -hmm. but like, the way we got here was super weird. And if you're like, oh, let's make character development worse, then like, why, ultimately, this whole season, why have you been building Murphy up to be a better person, a more selfless person towards everybody when I I have to say, like I think I said last episode, he was never broken. We didn't have yeah. to fix him because he was a compelling character and a complex character when he was a piece of crap. Yeah. <laughs> I liked, he was still my favorite character when he was like fully just betraying everybody. Mm-hmm. Like he was interesting in that way. And so all season we spent the entire time being like, Murphy's better now. Murphy has like made a huge jump to like being a, a an actual hero rather than an anti-hero, which like you guys might know, my favorite characters are brooding anti-heroes and the fact that they're making Murphy a hero I'm like that's not my guy. But why did we do that all season just to have him finally do something selfless, and you're like, okay, this is what they're building up to, but he's only doing it to be selfless for Imori, which is lovely, but that's something that he would have done in season four. Yeah. So why did we spend all season making him a selfless hero when he was ultimately going to sacrifice himself for Imori, which he would have done anyway? Yeah. So i'm not sure why we had to make this huge change for him when he was just going to do something that he would have done already without all of this change and i think i think a huge part of the charm the hundred for the first several seasons especially was the fact that none of these people were perfect and like none of them were like all good at every point in the show beforehand like in the like in the good seasons (laughs) these people were complicated and messy and they made bad decisions at certain points and like that was part of the point because they even when they make these bad decisions they keep fighting at the end of the at the end of the day to like be better and like that was the whole point of the show and then the last season just undid it all and made it all Meaningless. Do you think Becca would have passed if she would have taken it? Because either way, the three people who'd like take the test technically, I guess Raven doesn't really take the test. She just like buys time or whatever. But the three people who actually take the test, well, Becca, sorry, Becca doesn't technically take the test, but she would have if she had wanted to. The three people who have the opportunity to take the test, Clark, Cadigan, and Becca, all three of them have made terrible, terrible decisions and done terrible things. Right. So it's like, dude, did any of them deserve to? Like, and then the person who ends up getting them there isn't even Raven, it's Octavia. Yeah, and, like, I, I'm i also wondering if what, what metric the test is actually based on. Like, is it based on you answering truthfully? Is it based on, like, humanity's actions as a whole? Is it based on, like, a random one-off speech in the middle of a battlefield mm-hmm. that gets people to stop fighting for five minutes? Because that's what it, it looks like. <laughs> but that's not a I don't know it's just not a good enough reason I I really thought I'll I'll talk about this stuff when we get to the mm-hmm. Raven thing but I don't know mm-hmm. because they didn't give us a clear metric for what is a pass and what's a fail right so I feel like Clark Cadigan and even uh, Clark Cadigan and Becca all would have been able to pass if the metric is just being honest about why you do things and doing things for love, I guess. In my opinion, especially Becca and Clark would have passed if the metric is the reason that you do things is because you want better for humanity because that is what they wanted. And in Cadigan's mind, that's also what he wanted. So maybe maybe they all would have passed, but I don't, I don't have a clear metric for what's a pass and what's a fail, so I, I and, don't know. And can you only take the test if you have an anomaly stone? So, like, it's just, like, the clearly the Aetherians did it. And then, like, we didn't see anybody. At, well, the Bardons tried but failed. Right. And then the Nicarans maybe or whatever. But I'm like, okay, so what about the Earth people? Did the Earth people, like, did the aliens build Machu Picchu and then <laughs> take the test? And then the aliens... But there aren't any any light groots on earth and there aren't any crystal giants on earth okay anyway so no one on you're telling me no one on earth figured out how to use this stone and take the test until becca did okay okay (laughs) um so they have to answer the questions truthfully um and we didn't even really get to hear any of the questions i think we heard two and she basically says that the consciousness of the entire species will become one with theirs i wouldn't want this i wouldn't want somebody to make the decision for me to become this you know what i mean like yeah like, I wouldn't want to, like, turn into a light group right, right freaking now because someone else decided that I wanted to transcend. I guess it's, like, my choice to come back, but I also, like, don't want to come da- back down to an earth in which I can't have any children, and I am alone, potentially, because nobody else came down, and, you know, so it's, like, why are like, it feels like we're just, whatever.
1: Like, what anyway, is- I wouldn't
0: want this. Yeah, I don't want but, but then again, I don't know what it's like. So, like, they didn't show us what Transcendence was like, so maybe I do want it. I don't know. They didn't put any work into convincing me that Transcendence is worth it at all. And they didn't put any work into making the other option worth it. Like, they just, they're like, here are your options. They're both okay. Mm -hmm. So, if you fail, you get turned into crystals. And I was like, I don't get it. So, do you, because later, Levitt's like, they'll release Gem 9. I'm like, okay, so they're like a physical being? Because I didn't think they were a physical being, I thought they were on, like, a completely different, like, dimension plane thing. Yeah. How do they release Gemini? Okay, so the first question is about love. She says that a few, very few species get the opportunity to love or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he has tried to erase love for this. Why? And this is the same way that she asked questions later, so I kind of liked this detail, actually, is that she's like, these are two complete sentences that are facts. Why? Right? And then later, when Clark shoots Cadigan and kills him or whatever, and Callie says, this man was unarmed, he was not going to hurt you, and you killed him, why? And Clark doesn't even know that she's starting the test. Yeah. Right? But you can tell based on how she asks the questions that she's starting the test over with Clark and Clark, mm-hmm. but Clark doesn't even know that she's test, being tested at this point. Yep. So yeah, he gets shot in the head. I, I don't know how neither of them noticed her come up or maybe Callie did and she was just like, meh. I was like, ah, oh, who's that? Um, It's also just deeply anticlimactic. Yeah. They built up this like big battle between Cadigan and Clark like all season. And this is like, this is right before the first commercial. He's done, he's dead. Like this isn't the first 10 minutes of the episode or whatever. And Clark walks in and just shoots him. And it's over. Like that, and it's like... The other big bad of the season was Shade Hedda, who then just gets, like, poofed out of existence after saying, like, four lines. Who gets, like, threatened to be shot and killed. At least four times up yeah. to this point. Which um, is fine, because I don't like Shane Hedda, but, yeah, but it's just weird. But it's dumb that we, like, faked it out over and over and over just mm-hmm. to have him do, like, one dumb annoying thing yeah. to be a catalyst at the end of the series. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and then she just shoots him over and over and over, which is, like, literally overkill. badoomch <laughs> Um, his body, like, disappears, and obviously later we see it, it ends up in the stone room just, like, sitting there, um, and Clark says, iconically, pencils down, which, all right, I'll give you that one, that was pretty good. Definitely the, uh, funniest line of the episode. Yeah. So, we're already an hour into this podcast, oh, and we're only at the first, uh, commercial break, so we just wanted to remind you before we move on that we have four other podcasts. Um, and if you guys are wondering about uh, what's going to happen with this podcast moving forward for our seasons one to three, stay tuned till the end of the podcast because we're going to tell you about it. <laughs> um, but we do have four other podcasts. We have Riverdale, um, Lost, Stranger Things, and Star Trek. And uh, I can recommend all of them. I think you should check them out, especially if you're going to be uh, missing our coverage of The 100. Agree. Yeah. Can confirm. We are all, we are entertaining on all of our feeds. Agree. So, back in the rotunda, um, I guess Echo and Nyla are, like, trying to get through. There's, like, knocks happening, I guess. Also, also, they're banging on it from both sides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Echo never learns about Gabriel. I just realized that. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, she just never does. Uh, she spent five years of her life with this person, and they made their own little family. Like we get Echo and Hope together, which is really lovely. Like a like a lot of Echo and Hope, which is awesome. That's um, uh, what about Gabriel? Like I know you. I know Jason tried to convince me of Hope Jordan endgame, mm-mm. but um, Hope Echo endgame all the way, one thousand percent. It's called so Echo, and it's great. <laughs> So Indra says that Gaia took the last of the water on her hunt because Jordan, like, wants some water and he doesn't have any. So we just full-on, like, hardly see Gaia at all. Like, we literally just see her at the very end. Um, So, like, that's kind of a sucky end for Gaia, I think. But, Mm -hmm. okay. Um, Yeah, we literally get no Gaia ending. Um, Jordan's gonna go get more. Which is, like, clearly very much because Tati was back on Sabrina at this point. Um, They do have her in the end scene, uh, but it's very clearly green screened. Like it doesn't look like I looked at it again, it doesn't look like she's green screened for like the first time we see her, but then like I but I feel like that's the back of her head. Oh sure, that could have been a a body double. A body double and then like the one that we actually see it looks really it's green screen. Like, okay. Um so yeah, Jordan's gonna go get some more water and then he sees Hope and I think that Hope's sitting on reina's throne, I think. The first time I watched it, I couldn't tell where she was sitting, but I think that's what it was. Yes, they had pulled the throne into the office, and she's sitting on the throne in the office where Octavia sits and, like, cries that one time. Right, I assume that she's, like, trying to feel closer to Octavia in this moment and, like, I don't know, sending her good vibes, really. Um, Jordan says... I like that. (laughs) Um, And Jordan says that they're friends, and you know what? I respect the heck out of this move, to be honest. If we have to have Jordan and Hope, which, to be honest, I felt was kind of a waste of time for your finale. Oh, yeah. A couple of our problems with Jordan for the past few episodes has been that he's been, like, throwing himself at Hope. Yeah. Um, And I respect the heck out of him, like, setting this boundary because it's been yeah. really, like, murky before with him kind of being, like, just kind of, like, around her and, like, a lot. offering to hold her hand all the time. And, like, yeah. He's just been, like, really physically close to her, which is, like, fine, but also weird. Yeah. And it's like he's saying that it's okay for us to just be friends. Yeah. Like he's saying that. Where did Hope learn to be so forward then? Because she's just like, oh friends, huh? And now she's gonna like right, make like, a move or whatever. I'm like, who taught you <laughs> who taught you this? Like, I guess. You know what? It was it was Echo and Gabriel. Gabriel that is a romantic. A, that was my OT3 for five minutes, so And like, okay, but why are we spending time on this though? Yeah. And what was the actual point? Because what what would have been nice if we, like, hadn't really... I probably would have complained about it anyway. <laughs> but if we hadn't really done, like, all of this, like... If we had maybe done the, um, like, thing with them, like... No, this is what I want. This is what I would have wanted, okay? Okay. We have the conversation between Hope and Jordan on Bardo, in which he's like, I relate to you, blah, 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 you know, and then he, they hug. And, hug and, know, like, everything. cry and, like, have it out. And then nothing else except the, I don't know, they stand next to each other a bunch. And then, at the very end, when we see them on the beach, they're together. Sure. Sure. And I would still have complained like, about it because then I would have been like, it should be Echo, but still. Right. Because then it's, at that point, it's, like, subtle and, like, woven through yeah. and it's, like, a hint of, like... These people can find love even after they've decided to just die here on Earth. And it's almost like an Easter egg because then the audience would be like, oh my god, look! Like something that Joanna had tweeted, she was like, um, you do something at the very, very end to like give people the potential and then you let everybody else run with it. Yeah. It felt like we spent a lot of time on this. That's all. It it was a lot of time. Yeah. And, uh, I don't think that it was well spent. Mm. So the anomaly starts up, and it's Raven with the army, and Nikki's like, it's what Hatch would do. So we're just cool now? What was the- okay. I guess that- I guess that conversation in the reactor had a big effect on her. I'm sorry. It was so anticlimactic when that happened. She was like, I'm gonna kill Raven. The whole season, she's like, I'm killing Raven. I'm gonna kill Raven. Then she sees Raven, and Raven cries for 3.2 seconds, and she's like, (laughs) you (laughs) know, alright. So they are all minors, so they can help get Echo and Nyla out. Um, Raven tells everybody not to look for anybody else because that's it. Okay, so my next question: does Gabriel's body just stay down there? Does anyone ever go down and bury him? And he doesn't get to transcend. Yeah, the fact that Gabriel doesn't get to transcend, like, it's okay because I know he was very, very old and he, he, he wanted like, to die. You know, he was like, it's my time, we're good. And so I'm happy for him. Gabriel got a really good death. Yeah. And so I'm one okay of, with one of Gabriel. The few. I'm okay with Gabriel not being there. But is somebody going to go and treat his body with respect? Like are we going to are we going to bury him or something or is he just hanging out down there for the rest of the time? Just wondering. Like or maybe he's like covered in rubble? I hope that I hope Clark buried him when she got mm-hmm. back to Earth if he was still there. Yeah. All right, Sam. All right, Robin. So Nikki has canonically seen Star Trek because they're from our time. And so Nikki says, "Set phasers to stun. Your thoughts, please." Um I enjoy the uh concept that some characters on this show have seen media from our time like i like i like that nikki has seen star trek i like that um murphy has seen lord of the rings etc i don't like jason using anything from star trek because i think he rips off other science fiction shows a lot for the hundred and just takes their their morals and their plot points and their stories and bastardizes them so I got really angry when Nikki said that in the episode because, um, keep Star Trek out your mouth, you didn't do it right. <laughs> it's like earlier this season, I can't remember exactly what he said, but they had Shade to say something like live together, die alone, and I was like, yep. get out of here! Stop it! So Indra and Raven talk about how they just need Nyla and Echo, and that's it, and everywhere else, everyone else is somewhere else. They're like, okay, let's go like fight everybody, and Miller doesn't believe in Wong Cru's abilities, so what they need, actually, instead of a fight, is a distraction. Um, so Jordan wants to disable their energy weapons, because I think when you disable the, sur- the suits, then also the weapons get disabled, and we learned that last episode, I, I think. Right. So Nikki finds Echo and Nyla and just, like, brings them in. Uh, sure. Um, <laughs> they both wear Asgard makeup later, and Octavia gets her makeup put on later. But I don't have any idea where they got it from. It kind of looks like Levitt could have put Octavia's on for her. Oh, like in that in the scene where like he they're just like, they're, like hiding behind that table. Yeah. When I when I tell is that a table? Because when I tell <laughs> you, I thought it was a bathtub. Because it's, like, stark white, and they're, like, sitting in it, basically, and I was yeah. like, is this a bathtub? where did this bathtub come from? When we from? come into that scene, it's all close-ups, mm-hmm. and I'm like, if they're in bed, I swear to God. I was like, now is not the time. Okay, so I was like, okay, maybe we can have an endgame between Nyla and Echo, and I was like, what is that ship name? Um, unfortunately, it's already a character from this show, because it's just Nyko. <laughs> Rip Nyko. So they're all going to go through, and Indra's like, what about Gaia? they're like, we can't wait for her. We have to come back for her. And I'm like, yeah, okay, sure, (laughs) sure. Um, It's like, these are just excuses. Gaia's literally spent the entire season on Earth anyway. She's literally only been to Earth or Sanctum. What's one more hour, that's it. Jordan's like, here's my plan, and this plan would make Monty proud. Can Jordan do anything without bringing up Monty? It's important to bring up Monty, but he does it every single scene he's in, like every episode. Here's my thing. Jordan liked Delilah because she didn't see him as Monty's son. She's the first person who saw him as his own person. And that's the reason why he likes Hope, too. Mm-hmm. And yet all he does is bring up Monty. Do you want to be your own person or do you want to be Monty's son? Like it's, And I understand why he would want to be both. But he brings up Monty so much. And at this point, he's not even trying to, like, manipulate people into, like, doing stuff because he's Monty's son, which I thought he was earlier this season. It's not a Jordan problem. It's a writing problem. Yeah, of they course. they don't spend any time turning Jordan into his own character. They spend all of the time using Jordan just to remind us of Monty. Yeah. And so it does a disservice to Jordan and Monty's memory to just like have Jordan not be a person, mm-hmm. and Harper's memory—we always forget Harper. Yeah, we never bring up Harper. Like at this point, it has—it's pointed at this point. You yeah. know what I mean. So Jordan goes through, and he sets off like a pulse of some kind. I think this is like the miners' stuff. I think we—I I think we've seen this. Oh, before. he comes through. It's—it's it's very much—it's very clearly an EMP. Yeah. Um, and it's something that we can assume that Monty had taught him because Monty basically uses an EMP. Um, and builds one with, well, I don't know if it's Monty that builds one, but it's... I thought the reason why Monty would be proud is because they're not fighting. Because they build an EMP together to get the chip out of Raven and Abby. Yeah. So, we've used EMPs on the show before. For some reason, I thought this was a weapon of the mine, of Allegis, of the miners? I... Or something? to To me, it was, he built an EMP to be, like, his dad. Because that's also what he does when he's trying to, like, short the bracelets to get them to talk to the ark in season right so there are multiple reasons why monty would be proud of this plan so now we can see the army and their weapons and suits are down but then they use their weapons later so i'm not really sure what happened there um so they all go hide in the trees because a lot of them are tree crew so then indra says we all die when is out of our control this is a good how and i remember seeing it when we watched it we were like yay indra got a really good line that's great this is a good how like how we die Oh, how we die. Okay, yeah. yeah. I was like, like I, remember, I was like, we watched it, and I was like, this is good. And then I rewatched it, and I was like, what does that even mean? <laughs> like, you don't get to choose when you die, you, but you get to choose how you die, and this is a good choice. Okay, great. Um Which, yeah, I still stand by that being a good line. Yeah, I agree. And like, I probably the only character I can say this about for the whole season is, uh, that I loved their arc uh, is Indra. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, <laughs> I loved, I loved Indra's arc this season, and I'm glad that Adina finally got to, like, have a, a heavier role in the mm-hmm. in the show, even if it came at the end of the season, a series. Yeah. 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 We go back to Sanctum, and Imori is mostly stable, so they need to do the extraction now. Um, Miller came to Jackson, which is really nice, but I feel he probably would have been really helpful on Bardo. Probably, but also he was kind of redundant. Yeah. Because, it, like, they already had there. Octavia and Indra and... Echo and Hope and all right. of them. Sure. So, like, it it does make sense to me that he went to Jackson because that's the emotional choice. And then Murphy goes, listen, Miller, like, I'm glad you're okay, but my significant other is on an <laughs> operating table, so we need to do something about this. Exactly. Um, they haven't given her any pain meds, so they have to just, like, hold her down. Uh, do we not have any pain meds? I Like, like I thought we brought her here to so you could operate here because you had the tools that you needed to operate here. But... They just, I guess he just meant the actual, like, tools. But, like, Raven literally brings him the tools at the end of, or in the middle of the previous episode. Mm -hmm. So all we used here was the lighting. Right. Um, so she starts seizing and flatlines and they try to give her adrenaline, but it doesn't work. Um, yeah, so Imori's body died, which is sad, but I know that it's not the end, so I didn't cry. (laughs) I really thought that they weren't gonna do it. And at this point, I didn't know it wasn't the end. Mm. So I was just like angry Mm -hmm. because I thought if you're going to do it, why didn't you do it last week then? Like, why did you Mm -hmm. leave me on? I was like, okay with it just because like, I figured that something that, that Richard would have chosen something similar to what actually happened. Mm -hmm. And, um, I was going to say like, if she did live after this, I would have been like, she was like dead for like five minutes. And I don't know how realistic it would have been for her not, for her to survive at this point. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I think then we go to commercial break and when we get, I, th- I think, then when we get back, um, Murphy is just sitting there and he's just staring at her dead, unblinking eyes and it's really bumming me out. So stop doing that. Yeah. So, okay. So my question is, did he take out his own mind drive to put in hers or does he have two mind drives in his neck? It's not clear. I think, with, I think he has to have had them both in his head mm-hmm. because the reason that Clark was able to stay alive and like battle against um, Josephine, well, I don't know. I guess it doesn't matter because the reason that she was able to do that was at one point her consciousness was in the flame. Yeah. And it's no longer in her head at that point. So it doesn't really matter. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. So he can't bring himself to like cut her neck open himself. Ooh, this might be, this is kind of like a parallel because we know Titus is the one to take out the, the flame on Lexa, right? Clark was just there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. never mind. I was going to, I was going to parallel it to uh, Clark having to take the flame out of Lexa's neck. Well, it's, it still works because sure. Murphy doesn't do it. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Jackson okay. Does. Yeah. Go off. Um, so Jackson's not going to do it, but then Miller's like, I would do the same thing if it was Jackson's or if it was you and Jackson's like, okay, now I'll help because now it's about me. Right. So then we go back to Bardo and um, we have the scene between Levitt and Octavia. It looks kind of like Levitt could have put the makeup on Octavia just because his hands are like so around her face. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is pretty funny because she's like, Hello, current boyfriend. Yes, this is an homage to my ex boyfriend. <laughs> uh, thank you so much. My dead ex boyfriend. Yeah. Uh, Who won't be transcending because apparently the dead don't transcend which is what Levitt tells us. And, um, so therefore Bellamy will not transcend because the dead are dead. And I was like, are they in, like, a bloody bathtub? What are they doing? But I guess they're just behind a table. I don't know. I until the wide shot, I thought they were in bed. Yeah. The shepherd said in his book... Yeah, the shepherd said that the dead are dead in his book, but that doesn't mean it's true. Like, he's been wrong before. Yeah. Um, and Octavia says that she must have slept through that class because, you know, she wasn't very good at learning. And, (laughs) um... Levitt says that he's sad that this is the end and wished that he could have lived a little first. And Octavia says, same. Octavia, you didn't live? You, you lived, lived a lot. lot. <laughs> like, of the people on this show, Octavia's had one of the wildest lives. Lives? Yeah. Lives. Yeah. Am I okay? Probably not. Um. Anyway, Octavia has had a very uh storied journey. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, I wish I could have lived a little, and she's like, me too, and I thought mm-hmm. they were just going to bang again, and I was like, now is not the time, right. so I'm glad that they didn't. Um, and then Raven- I feel like that was something that was cut for time. Yeah. I feel like it was supposed to be implied that they yeah. would have. Yeah. Um, and then, thank you so much to Raven for being Raven and oh. interrupting. I've been waiting for Raven to come in and interrupt some more. Our true queen. How do, how do they get there? The, the ball is already a glowing ball of light. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, can, I guess, and you, how did, can you get through? Oh, how, well, no, because they get through. The, they go through the anomaly, which goes out onto the Arboretum, which know, is but, different, I guess. But how did Raven get out on the Arboretum and just, like, sneak behind all of the I guess they all just zooted the out. Yeah. Like, I don't, okay. Sure. Um, so they're like, oh my god, did Cadigan kill Maddie? And Octavia says that Cadigan worse than killed Maddie. Uh, you guys, this is so ableist. There are people out there like this. People out there like this who can watch your show and you want to tell them that they would be happy or dead. That's what you're telling people. There are people in the world like this. Yep. You can't do that. It's so terrible. It's extremely ableist and like just disgusting writing. And uh, since our previous podcast, we've since learned that Jason also wrote the scene where this happens to Maddie in the previous episode. So it, uh, it does track that this is something he would also write in his own episode because it was very pointed ableism in this episode and the previous one. It, Saying that is just so hateful and ignorant of people who are paralyzed and like... And Clark even says uh, like, he killed my daughter. Yeah. She's not dead. She's not dead. That's the point, right? So that she can transcend. She's not dead. She isn't dead and like... And, and it's th- not worse than death. Oh, it's, it's terrible. They even imply that Maddie transcending was only like partial Yeah. uh, at at the end when Clark asks about Maddie being like in there or whatever. And Godlex is like, in a way, she's she's at peace here. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, what? Mm -hmm. What?" So if you're not fully able at the time of transcendence, you're also disabled uh, in the afterlife, which is like fine because there's nothing wrong with disabled people. Mm -hmm. But she's also like not Given the full scope of whatever this, whatever transcendence is. See, the way I I didn't, um, I didn't take it that way when I first saw it. I thought she was just kind of saying, like, is Maddie there? Yes, in a way. And she was like, kind of like explaining, like, how she was in transcendence and how everyone was in transcendence. Mm -hmm. But that's dangerous because people could have, um, interpreted it it the way that you did, and that's worse. Um, like, I didn't interpret it that way, but people could have, which is still terrible. And just like, just the fact that they, the fact that they had Octavia say worse than killed. That is sucked. just That sucked. That's, you're doing it with intention now. There are people, people alive, they're alive by the way, yeah. who are like this right now. Who are fully conscious I and can't. live, like, fulfilling lives as, like, paralyzed people. And you're telling me you they're they're that they're at worse than death right now. That's it, messed up. Like, what you're saying is we should just euthanize all those people and that's, that's disgusting. Uh, yeah. Gross. <laughs> How is that allowed on TV? I don't know. Uh, who who, 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 who greenlit like this? The fact that a whole writer's room of people were just like, okay. Like, cause you know, cause Jason's name is on the episode, but like television shows are written by a group of writers yes. and like every piece has to be approved by multiple people. Yeah. Uh, and like ultimately Jason gets the final say, but like the amount of people that greenlit this storyline and these lines and were just like. Yeah, sure, that can happen. That can be filmed. That can be go on television. That makes the final edit. What's wrong with you? I have a hard time believing that somebody in that writer's room isn't related to or friends with a disabled person and didn't, like, consider that that could have hurt their feelings. Yeah. Like, that- it's really upsetting. And something that I said I added in, uh, like, a little voice memo at the end of last episode, the amount of work that this show has done for disabled people, Raven- Imori that one time in season three when Imori said that she still has her hand because she doesn't see it as a problem or anything wrong with her and like I remember you know I know for a fact that that meant a lot to people Mm -hmm. and now they're just backtracking on it and it's terrible yeah it's just worse like you're saying that like Raven's leg not working makes her less of a person by saying that Maddie is less of a Liz is not a person anymore she's just dead Because her body is dead. So, like, that just undoes everything. You're right. Yeah. So, everybody's, like, gonna fight. And Levitt's like, while the test is happening... I don't know how he knows this. But (laughs) while the test is happening, we shouldn't be fighting. Because, I don't know, they can, like, see everything. Which is true. I just don't know how he knows that. And... He said that even though Wan Crew isn't planning on fighting, the disciples don't know that Wan Crew don't want to fight. So at any point, like, the fight could actually happen. And he says, and then the Transcendence will send Gem 9. And that's, like, another question. Uh, how? Like, it doesn't really feel like they're in this plane of existence. So I don't know what, where they keep it or anything. I don't know, but. Sure. I think it's really weird that. And I think it's. I think it negates. itself in the story. I don't think that Gem 9 is like a thing to the people who have transcended. I think it's just like you they either like flip a switch for transcend or perish Mm -hmm. and Gem 9 or like the result of Gem 9 like the crystallized giants thing just happens. It does it's not a physical thing that gets released. I think that the Disciples and Cadigan created Gem 9 as a bioweapon just in case they needed it in the final war because they thought it was going to be a war and then it was used as a plot device to kill Dioza and nothing more than that. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of this show, especially over the last two seasons, like towards the end, is stuff that seems made up to fit one particular piece of the story and then ends up being like negated by the story itself later in the episode in the season, um, which sucks. Yeah. And it's bad writing. <laughs> so Echo apologizes for torturing Levitt. Um, that's that end of that scene. Uh, and then we go back into the uh, realm or whatever. And Callie, I guess, just, like, left. And now Clark is just hanging out alone. I don't know how she was long there. How, like, how long she was there. She's still in Cadogan's Bridge. But she's like, I'm bored. She's like, can <laughs> I go? <laughs> or, like, can, whatever. I'd like to leave at this point. And I'm like, why doesn't she walk to the back where she came in at? Like, you're at the end of the pier. Go to yeah. the other end. And, um so there's just like this hole in the ground like a hole in the pier which i think is pretty funny and lexa shows up because she's clark's greatest love and clark even though she hugs her knows that it's not her it's just you know cathartic to have to hug her and so she basically asks her the first question of the test even though she doesn't know he was unarmed you killed him why so that's the exact same way of speaking the exact same way of asking the question again um and she just answers it terribly her answer is horrible. Um, she says, he killed my daughter. She's not dead. She's, She's not clear. Um, and she says, arose by any other name is still blood must have blood, which I thought was kind of funny. Yeah, that <laughs> was. I thought that was good. I was like, excuse me, hey, just wondering, transcendent judge person? If you don't have the human... Like, the human race inside of your thing? How, how, how do you know Shakespeare? Well, she read it from Clark's memory, I guess. Oh, how does Clark know Shakespeare? Who was the last person to do Shakespeare? Murphy? Yeah, Murphy, Murphy made a Shakespeare reference at some point. I just... Okay. So, she says that she knows all of her pain, and she makes other people suffer because of her suffering. And clark brings up like consider that maybe you're the problem she says that she's committed genocide which is basically to be honest what these things are doing what these people do all the time they literally did that to the original bardoans um she says you are no better than me mostly i mean this is just what's happening my next question is this judge the first one to have transcended have they been the one to judge every species since like what is their story not that it matters because we're never going to get any answer for it I'm just wondering, like, are they, like, the first thing that ever transcended? Or, like, like, did they just, like- Have they always into, like... existed this way? I don't know. Are they a different species than every other species that they've done? Or, like, I don't know. That's, that's the thing about making your, like, God stand-in thing a creature. Mm-hmm. Because then it's just, like, so how did they get there? Yeah. And it doesn't- <sighs> Okay, sure. <laughs> So she says that humanity is not worthy because Clark is not worthy and that she failed the test. And I know that's a very long scene with that's, like, really important, but they're kind of just, like, saying facts. So there's not really a whole lot of, like... Um, I guess we can't even theorize at this point because there's nothing left. Yeah. But, yeah. So going back to Sanctum, um, Imori finds herself in Murphy's mind space, um, which it seems like he, like, curated for her, but then later he says that he didn't choose... It, he says that he wanted to choose, like, their cave or whatever, and I'm like, in what world would you rather live in a cave than this room? But okay. This is the same guy who got to Earth and figured out there wasn't running water and wanted to leave. Yeah, exactly. So... So, okay. So did she... Is it implied that she created it then? No, I think it's it's created in, like, his mind, because Clark's ended up being... Was, like, the ark Clark and was, stuff. like, the ship. But, like, half of it was also was Josie's, like, diner. Yeah, so maybe it wasn't Mori because it's where she was happiest was in that room in like kaylee's room or whatever but even then i would have also put her on the arc because even yeah. in the episode before she's she like said the she happiest was... years of her life mm-hmm. were on the arc right um but they're like that can't be the same as clark's <laughs> yeah. so amori still has her hand in the mind space um and then kaylee's bed where she was happy the desert where they first met um murphy's body will die in a few hours when it gives out Um, but he wouldn't be living without her. He would only be surviving. And I like this because surviving used to be enough for him. Yep. And now it isn't, which is is nice. So how does Imori transcend when her body is dead? That's like the main thing that kind of like, obviously I want Imori to have been there. Like, that's great. I'm just a little confused because if dead is dead, like is, does Riker get to transcend? Because his his I guess Chip it, isn't messed up. Or? I guess dead is only dead if you're conscience con conscious. Yeah, if but Murphy is sleeping. But. Is like unconscious. Like I, it, I. Sure, whatever. It, like it doesn't matter. She does. It's, it's just like a really kind of weird. It's very much a pick and choose situation mm-hmm. because like Emory gets a loophole. And anyone in the flame would have gotten a loophole if we didn't shoot it. Right. And Ew, she like, had is not allowed to transcend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's one of the ones I'm like, no, thank you. Yeah. But then Becca would have transcended. Like, I think that, because it's very clearly a half-assed metaphor for, like, going to heaven. Mm-hmm. And, like, concept of, like, dying as, like, a person who believes in heaven. You die and you're either welcomed into heaven or you go to hell. Uh-huh. And I feel like we didn't, there was no discernment here from these beings. They were just like, well, it's all or nothing. Yeah, exactly. Like Which all the people weird. who got to go were like criminals and stuff. But, but another thing also I was wondering was that like, um, when our people are transcending, they like take their bodies, like their bodies become the trees or become the ball of light or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like their bodies aren't just like still there, you know, like their the bodies are gone. And so I thought, okay, so they must've like given them their bodies back at the end on the beach or whatever. But Imori's body is dead, so that makes me think that they wouldn't take her body with them. Yeah, I don't. It doesn't matter because it's not gonna come back or anything. Like obviously, it happened, so like sure. I'm just saying that it doesn't add up. So much of this finale would have been fixed by just saying yes. The dread, the the dead transcend. Yeah. Like, everyone of your species, alive or dead, transcends if you pass the test. Yeah. So, basically, Amori says she doesn't want this for him, and Murphy's like, it's okay with me, and she's like, okay, it's not okay with me, and, like, as lovely as it is that Murphy's, like, gonna allow this to happen or whatever, I'm still just, like, it kind of leaves a bad taste in my mouth, though, because she's, like, really, like- struggling against him or whatever. And yeah. he just kind of, like, grabs onto her and, like, calms her down and is like, it's okay that I'm dying. And she's like, I don't want this. Last episode, she said to Raven, save everybody else. That is what I want as a, like, when I die. I want you to save everybody else. And so, like, as lovely as it is, like, it kind of was like, I don't know, just because she doesn't want him to die. I... Yeah. Robin, don't you know that consent doesn't matter on The 100? (laughs) Yeah. Because it doesn't, apparently. That's not an endorsement. (laughs) Consent matters a thousand percent. Yeah. So then music starts, um, and I don't know if Murphy, like, told Jackson to put on some music so that they could do this or something. I don't know. But either way. I think that Jackson decided to do it. Right they're weirdly mourning their friends and then just staying in the room. But Yeah. So he says, Last time I asked you to dance, you stabbed me, which was in six oh one when she went crazy for from the toxin. Um Maxon is also dancing, but we thought it was kind of weird because Jackson is so much taller than Miller. Like shouldn't there like shouldn't Miller's head be on Jackson's shoulder and not the other way around? The it block the blocking of the scene uh was just really strange. It looked a little awkward. And like I I, I buy it that that Jackson is the softy of yeah, the two of them, of course, them. yes. But uh, it was just weird to mm-hmm. see such and bent over that far yeah. to have his head sh- on uh, on Jared. Jared's shoulder. So we go back to Bardo, and Clark comes out and is basically saying, "It should have been you. It shouldn't have been me. I failed. Um, why should it have been Raven? Because Ravens also made mistakes." but I think that maybe she would have been methodical enough to not talk about all the murder she's done mm-hmm. during the test. Mm-hmm. And I, that makes me upset because... I think Clark is that methodical. 100%. But she's been handed this, like, what you guys always call the idiot. the idiot ball. They've just, like, thrown it at her and she's caught the idiot ball. Uh, I just think she knows how high the stakes are and it's weird to me that she just, like, screams at the it's... person who's gonna kill everybody. Yeah, like, I I like the, um, the bringing back of, uh, wait, are we at Raven? Clark leaving the ball yet? she's about to leave the ball, um, but she does say they should have picked you first. Very good. I'll allow yeah. that one. Thank you so much. Yes. I like I like the bringing back of that line. Mm-hmm. I also want to say I just, I really liked uh, Clark thinking it was Lexa for a minute or just not even thinking it was Lexa, but like seeing Having Lexa her. again and like getting to like just see her one more time. Mm-hmm. I thought was really nice. Mm-hmm. I thought it could have been done way better, yeah. but I thought it was nice. Yeah. I I just, I really thought that the test was going to be different Mm -hmm. because, like, I had in my head this vision of how the finale could be satisfying to me, and it would have been Clark facing all of the people that she lost, or even all three of, uh, like the biggest people in her Mm -hmm. life, like Lexa, Bellamy, and Abby. Yeah, that that Um, was about to be my list as well. And, like, it fills the, like, quotient or whatever for greatest love, greatest failure, and greatest teacher because then you have the option to, like, place those on, like, each person. Yeah, exactly. Like, Like, Abby is definitely her greatest teacher, Mm -hmm. because Bellamy and Lexa don't really go into that one, but Bellamy and Lexa could be interchangeable for a Clexa or a Bellark to choose which one is her greatest failure and which one is her greatest love. We love options. Yeah. And then, like, you don't alienate anybody. Yeah. And, like, it's also, it also would have been super satisfying to see Clark have to go through this test and face those people that she lost and, like, have real closure with them and, like, see them again and, like, determine whether she would have done anything different. Like, I think, I don't remember if it's you or Brittany who has been saying, like, they would have liked to have seen Clark, um, go through all of her past decisions throughout the series. I think Brittany said that. Yeah, uh, so Brittany's concept for the test was seeing Clark go through all of the past decisions that she had to make that were like impossible decisions and seeing like different outcomes through the eyes of Lexa and Bellamy and Abby. Ooh. And in the end, still ultimately deciding that she did what was right. And like then getting to transcend or like live out her days on earth or or whatever. And um, there were just several ways that that could have been done. And like using those three pillars of her life to do the test would have been really satisfying to me. And Instead, we got not Lexa and not Abby and not even for Clark because Abby shows up for Raven and Clark doesn't even see Abby, and which is like, whatever. I liked, I like Raven and Abby just as much and I love uh, Clark and Lexa, so I'm fine with it. I'm not complaining about who saw who. I'm just saying it's not what I... I also am just like, and that's not even you having to bring back too many actors because you were already bringing back Alicia. You were already bringing back Paige and you've already paid Bob to be a main credited actor this season. Yeah. I just like, I'm so weirded out at the fact that Bob wasn't in the episode at all. Or mentioned. Or met... Well, I mean, he's not a little bit, but... Barely. Yeah. Yeah, like I think Clark mentions him and Echo mentions him. And Octavia mentions him yeah. okay. But not in any like substantial way Right like at the end we don't even talk about how Bellamy doesn't get to be here Which is the part that I'm definitely gonna cry at We're not there yet but I'm gonna cry <laughs> So the ball turns red do the, do the other stones turn red too at the same time I wonder Like the one on Earth and the one on I just wonder that uh, Not that it matters um, Maybe it only turns red on the planets that the human race is on Probably because that's probably how it, like, disperses the Gem 9 or whatever. Sure. Not that it matters, Uh, but I was just wondering. Um, So Raven goes to the Ark, and it's the intact Ark, not the ring. Yes. Which is it? I think that that makes sense to me because I think that that was probably when Raven's life... I mean, I wouldn't personally pick it for the happiest, like, part of Raven's life, but maybe the these mind beings did because like I would assume that the happiest part of her life would be also on the ring or like her time on earth before it got like yeah in camp jaha or in like yeah in arcadia and like before it gets like really bad Mm -hmm. but I guess I don't know I don't know I liked seeing the arc again and I think it was I think they picked the arc mostly for the gag of putting the whole arc in the trailer. Right. So she sees Abby who is her greatest teacher and mentions it mentions that Raven cared more about how Abby saw her than her own mother. I love this relationship. Mm-hmm. I like I I really like that it was Abby for Raven. Um I like that it wasn't uh Shaw or like Wick Ugh. or Finn. <laughs> Or Finn. I'm just like, I'm just trying, I'm also trying to find a way for it to have been Bellamy. Like, I like that it was Abby, but I'm also like, why isn't Bellamy here (laughs) at all? Like, I think it makes the most sense for it to have been Abby, because I think of the show, of the relationships we saw Raven have throughout the series, Abby was the most significant, Mm -hmm. because, like, they didn't spend a lot of time developing her other relationships, which is sad, I think. So, I, I think that it's appropriate that it was Abby and that, like, I enjoyed it being Abby. But if Raven had, I, like, if we had used Abby on Clark, maybe, I could also see Bellamy being here because, but this is ugh, the relationship between Bellamy and Raven is also mostly in my head because they give us like hints of it and like pieces but then they don't actually again don't spend any time and apparently it. he manipulated her so much so. yeah they don't spend any time developing it and they don't like and they they retcon that it wasn't healthy so that sucks but like at the end of season five no at the end of season four it's sort of implied that they're like a unified yeah like partnership to lead the people on the ring um together in like memory of clark because Mm -hmm. they think she's died at that point yeah but then after that they don't ever spend any time like implying that it was a balanced partnership right so raven mentions that clark gave up her soul to save theirs and then she goes just don't kill us, just let us live and not transcend. I was so pleased at this point. I was like, what a fantastic ending. I was going to be completely satisfied yeah. at this point if she's like, just give us some more time. And like, she was not going to let them transcend, but she was not going to kill them. She was just going to let them live out the rest of their lives on Earth, mm-hmm. continue the human race, everything. So it's not like they're the end of the human race, and it's not like they're transcending. It's just it's, it's just, just that... They just get to keep living their lives. And I was like, like, so please. I was like, that's it. That's great. Thank you. And like humanity gets a second chance Mm -hmm. or a fifth chance to like start over and be better and like build something better and like stop fighting. Like if you're going to call it the last war and then like let humanity continue on without fighting, that's satisfying. Mm -hmm. But then it's like... Okay, by giving them more time, you meant, like, five minutes. Yeah, I just, like, um, also I thought it was weird that she was like, nope, all humanity, gone. Then everybody just, like, chooses not to fight for 3.2 seconds, even though they just were fighting. And instead of being like, all right, you're a tough bargainer, and, like, giving her half, you know, like, meeting them halfway. Instead, she just completely goes to the complete other side of the spectrum and is like, all right, come along. (laughs) Like, why couldn't we, why couldn't we've met in the middle? Yep. That would have been great. I would have loved that. Um, so she goes over and she shows her the almost war and she's like, they're not fighting, see? And she's like, okay, they will be fighting because look, there's Shade Hedda and Shade Hedda is going to shoot the first shot to like throw the brick into the ring and everybody's going to fight, which I think happened in season five. Murphy did that. Murphy throwing the rocket, uh, to start the fight between the allegious prisoners and whoever else was there. I don't remember. Oh, the Eliegeist prisoners and the other allegious prisoners because yeah. they were like- Two factions. Oh, right, 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 yeah. So Raven's like, everybody stop! And I'm like, they can't see you, dummy. And then Abby's (laughs) like, they can't see you, dummy. (laughs) So Shadehead does shoot, and, like, no one does anything, which I thought was kind of funny, that he's like, okay, here it goes. And then Indra was like, don't. And the disciples were like, don't and St. had was like, oh. Nah. <laughs> okay. But I like this because the reason that the disciples don't retaliate is because of Levitt cuz Levitt runs yeah. out. And Levitt is clearly supposed to be Bellamy because he's on he's supposed to be on both sides. Lev, the only reason that Levitt is on both sides is because he like has a crush on Octavia and like has and seen she, her life she's or whatever. opened his eyes yeah. to like a different way of life. Yeah. Which is the reason why he's kind of on both sides. But Bellamy is the ultimate person on both sides. Like the this entire scene and then like the scene following it, we were just like sc- appalled at how much it was so clearly supposed to be Bellamy, mm-hmm. and like it just makes so much more sense as Bellamy because like you're invested in Bellamy and we've known Levitt for like five minutes. Like he's a cool character and I like that I like him. But and when when okay. Levitt when Levitt gets shot, the two people who come after him are Octavia and Echo. You know the two people who are closest to Bellamy. Mm-hmm. Like, it's supposed to be Bellamy. I'm going to say something controversial. Did you have thought before I was going to say something controversial? Uh, yeah, I think that one of the biggest problems with the with this episode in general um, and its role as a series finale is that Jason said in an interview that he approached it first as a season finale and not a series finale. That's bad! That's no. a bad choice. Because, like, as a season finale, sure, Levitt is, like, fine here. Right, and I want to see what happens after the beach now, because you haven't killed everybody. Right, because, like, at this, it works as a season finale. Yeah. It does not work as a series finale. It's, like, a really disappointing series finale and a sort of okay season finale. Mm -hmm. All right, here's my controversial opinion, and I remember last night I said this controversial opinion, and you were like, wait a second, but then I explained it. So stay with me. Don't, uh, don't grab your pitchforks just yet, friends. (laughs) Of all of Octavia's... Love interest of which there has been Lincoln, o- Lincoln, Lincoln, alien, Levitt, and that's it. And Finn? No, she wasn't even with Finn. She had a crush on Finn for like five seconds, but like she. Wasn't Why do I feel like? Oh, Jasper in uh, season one, I kind of. Jasper had a crush on Octavia. Octavia yeah, I they know. Okay, late. so anyway, and Octavia had a crush on Finn, but Finn was like, I have two other girls. In the in the books. I've only read the first three, the first like the first trilogy. I, I own the fourth one, but I haven't read it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, Octavia's supposed to be like 12. Oof. And so here she's like 16. My and I and and also already controversial, I liked Ilian. And I <laughs> still like Ilian. Um, I'm sad that when that we don't get to redo season four so that I can talk about how much I like Ilian. <laughs> but even within the three love interests that Octavia has had, my favorite Octavia love interest is Levitt Now, don't try and smite me just yet, (laughs) because the main question is, what about Lincoln? I'm with you. My problem, I've always kind of had a weird thing about Lincoln, because Octavia's supposed to be like 16, and whenever I think of Lincoln, he's like almost on the brink of team adults for me, Mm -hmm. because he's so old, and even if he isn't, he reads really old, and Octavia, even though Marie was like in her late 20s at the time, yeah reads really young and so I always kind of had like a weird feeling about like Octavia and Lincoln I'm excited to talk about them again but I really like I really like Levitt and I think I've said the reasons why I like Levitt all like all season so I'm not gonna be a broken, broken record about it but um even though it's, like, kind of weird to me that he's, like, there at the end on the beach, I'm just like, that's nice. <laughs> I I understand and support you. Thank you. Um, I still just prefer Linktavia, personally. Mm-hmm. Sure. But, uh, your reasons are valid. Yeah, it's clearly supposed to be Bellamy, so he tells all of them that they're being tested right now, so not to fight, and... And, like, just imagine this scene as Bellamy, and, like, oh, how, much so good. Coo- how much cooler it would have been to have Clark, like, taking a legitimate test, or, like... Clark and Raven taking a, che- a test, like, legitimately mm-hmm. and, like, putting in real effort to save humanity and having Bellamy be, like, their counterpoint on the other side, uh, like, getting humanity to stop fighting. And it's uh, it's much better in your head mm-hmm. when you do that. So Chayna is like, this is lame. And he says, and I quote, history is written by the victors which is a pretty cool line. I just hate him. Um, And so he shoots Levitt and the disciples start shooting when they see that one of their own got shot. Mm -hmm. So that's when it kind of really like actually happens. Mm -hmm. Um, And then that's kind of when the rest of the episode starts to happen. The catalyst for the rest of it. Right. Which is like, I can't believe that the catalyst for the, season, the series finale, is Levitt getting shot? Like, it should have been Bellamy. It just makes so much more it sense. It should have been Bellamy. As Bellamy. Yeah. Um, before we move on, we just want to talk to you guys about Patreon. Patreon is a service in which you can donate to some of your favorite creators. Um, if you guys want our post-series discussion and our discussion with Selena a little bit early, uh, you should join our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash theaficionados. And um, $1 or more a month gets you early access to all of our podcasts and our yearly postcard, uh, which includes stickers this year, so you're definitely going to want to join. $5 or more gets you 10% off at shopbelux.com, which includes also my stuff, which is at High Birdie Embroidery. Um, I have a whole lot of uh, The 100 Designs and a lot of other um, fandoms as well, so go check that out, Brittany Makes Resin Art. It's incredible. Um, all of the links are in the description for that. We also offer annual memberships now, in which you also get 10% off that. So, that's pretty cool. Um, I think that's it. We just really appreciate your guys' help. Uh, especially, um, during this season. It's been really nice to have you. Um, we appreciate the support, both, uh, financially and emotionally. You guys have been really great. Uh, in, like, fulfilling this final season. Like, mm-hmm. it was difficult for, for us. It was. And, uh, you guys made it worth it. It was, like, every Thursday was just, like, a drag. And, uh, it was made worth it by you guys being so kind, so we appreciate that. Alright, we're gonna, we're gonna go into the, uh, into the final bit now. So, Levi gets shot, and Octavia and Echo go to get him. Um, Hope is gonna, like, go to Octavia, but Jordan holds her back. Um, which is probably good, because she probably would have gotten shot if, uh, he hadn't done that. Um, Echo also gets shot, and when they get to the other side, she says that she lost Bellamy, but she won't lose his sister. Okay. (laughs) Again, it just makes more sense if Levitt is Bellamy, um, and the thing that brings Echo and Octavia together is fighting to save Bellamy, because that's the thing that they have the most in common, is their love for Bellamy. Right. Clark goes to get Maddie, and she's still just, like, sitting there, because she can't move, but she sure is, um, alive and going back over to the Arboretum, Hope and Jordan are help helping keep Echo and Levitt alive so that um, they can transcend, because they only need a couple more minutes, and um, Abby basically says there's no getting away from, like, the violence, and it's just, like, who they are, which, like, is what we've been trying to go against, you know, like, like, all the entire show, it's been, like, violence, 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 okay, but we don't have to do violence, you know, that's that's been, like, one of the through lines has been, like, do we have to do this, though? Right. And so I thought, I, I was, like, are we ending the show by just being, like, yep, have to do the violence, sorry, we're violent people, sorry, that's it, you know? And and it doesn't feel like they proved themselves enough for them to have deserved to transcend. I really think they should have just let them live and leave them alone. Like, they either should have, like, been left alone and, like, let to, let live to, left to, to gl- live, yeah left to live to grow into a species worthy and transcendence or whatever, mm-hmm. or like to grow into a people who finally put down their weapons and stopped fighting. Or it should have been Clark explaining the fact that the reason that they did all of these horrible things and like the the way that they did them was rooted in a in a in love and the desire to be better and the desire to like fight for more than the circumstances that we are thrust into. like Clark fighting for humanity against this genocidal God being would have actually been really compelling if she like stood by the choices that they made in a like in a way that like fights for humanity and like justifies it by being like the reasons that we did all these things were for love and love is worth fighting for. Mm-hmm but that's not what happens. So Octavia runs out and she tells Indra to hold fire and Indra trusts Octavia has faith, which is what Gaia taught her because she called Gaia her greatest teacher. Um, like last episode, I think, or the episode before. I don't remember. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so she trusts Octavia, she holds her fire and Shade Hedda shows up and is like, shoot, because I'm the one in charge. Um, and so Indra shoots Shade Hedda with the explodey thing and says that it's for her mother and it's great. Indra's like, will you shut up, man? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This clown. And I'm, I'm glad yeah. that this kill finally went to Indra. Like she yes. had the opportunity twice already before. Yeah. And I'm glad she finally took it. And mm-hmm. like with the, the biggest gun available at her disposal. Yeah. Um, um, is that the gun from the Allegiant ship from season so. five? When yeah. they like blast a hole in the bunker and I like think get so. the people out? I think so. Good. Mm-hmm. So Octavia has her big speech and I'm a big fan. I think Marie does it really, really well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she was great. It was well delivered. And I like, I like this Arc for Octavia like coming back to this point and like being a hero. Uh I just kind of wish it wasn't like weirdly fast tracked. Yeah. I yeah, it does feel rushed just in general. Uh, Cuz like if they had spent season 6 also like having her go on mm-hmm. this like step by step journey, it would have played more organically to yeah. me because like they bring her to her lowest point and she's a really good villain for season 5. Yes. And like If they had spent all of that, like, working back up to this point, I would have liked it a little bit more. Mm -hmm. It just plays rushed because, like, they sort of, like, inch their way towards maybe kind of redeeming her in season six. And then by season seven's, like, beginning few episodes, they're just like, yep, she spent ten years here and now she's a good person. Yeah, right. I really hated Octavia in season five. I didn't hate, like, the fact that she was the villain. I just, like, didn't like her as a person because she was the villain and you're not supposed to really like the villains. Right. And I... She was one of my favorite villains because Mm -hmm. she was so compelling and because she had so many connections to the other people. And I I really enjoyed Mm -hmm. season five. I... And, and I just, I didn't think that they were going to be able to, like, bring her back for me. Like, I didn't think I was going to like Octavia again for the rest of the show. And they did it. And I'm, like, so, like, surprised that ultimately my favorite arc of the entire series was probably Octavia. Yeah. Yeah. Overall, she had the most interesting arc and, like, the most succinct, even though we, like, took a shortcut in the middle. Mm-hmm. I think it was the the most compelling one. Like, I I would have loved to enjoy Clarks, mm-hmm. but uh, it super went off the rails. So, there, yeah. So she goes and she yells, Our fight is over. Wow, what a great title for a series finale. Alas. But mm-hmm. that part was great. I like almost got chills at that point, yeah. I think. Um, so Indra drops her weapon and the others follow their lead and the disciples do it too. And she says that Bellamy believed in this and died for it. And so he will never transcend and it's scary to give up on everything that you ever believed, but the only way to win a war is not to fight, which is such a huge thing to hear from her because from, like, season two to, like, season five, like, a three, like, a lot of seasons in the middle there that was, like, her only thing was fighting. Mm -hmm. And so it's important to have heard that from her, just, like, for the audience in general, is for her to be the one to say, we're not going to fight. Yeah. I feel like if it had been Jordan, (laughs) it would have been, like... So hollow, just because like it's just everything that he's been drilling into our heads. It would have been like time. hitting us over the head with a like. With I'm a just so glad I'm just so glad it's Octavia. Yeah. Um so Echo starts to go unconscious and hope starts puffing her heart, which apparently is the fix to everything, because that's how they saved Amori, kind of too. Um and apparently, like the reason why we kept like like Jonathan from Riverdale kept being so heavily featured mm-hmm. was because he was apparently the leader. Which is weird, because he was just, like, a random disciple, like, earlier He didn't earlier even have season. a name. Yeah. Um, but he, like, is the one to give the orders and everything, and... I, gu- I guess enough people above him died. Yeah. That he's in charge now. Sure. And so the disciples also lay down their weapons, and Raven says they just need more time, and Abby lets them transcend. Like I said, it would have been great if she just, like, let them live and not transcend, but, sure. So, um, Echo becomes a glowing ball of light, <laughs> which is when I start laughing. It's, um, it's... It's just so ridiculous, this show is not about magic! <laughs> it's supposed to be like this really poignant moment of like, transcendence and like, that you're almost- you're on the brink of death but like, something saves you and like, you go into the light and it's just like, no, it- you look stupid, mm-hmm. this show is suddenly about magic and it doesn't matter and it's just so- it's laughable! Mm-hmm. It is laughable to be, to have this whole series about being like, who we are to survive and like, becoming better people and the end of it is, when you die, you become a little ball of light, and then you float up into the sky and, like, live forever in some place that we can't... Ugh. Yeah. And then and then your body becomes a Groot. And then your body becomes a swaying Groot in the wind. Like, the Groot things, when they have Bellamy, like, touch it, and then, like, his mm-hmm. the storm passes or whatever, you could have had those things be a, like... A message post or a warning sign or like a a guide post to, to lead towards transcendence like if you touch it you see something that like genuinely makes you believe and like that's what they're trying to tell us happened to Bellamy but they didn't Show us anything, and like they then reiterate that he didn't see anything; he just felt better. It, now, yeah. Like, if they just had, if they just hadn't shown it to us, I would have been like, okay, mu- something must have happened in there, though. Mm-hmm. But then the next episode, they have him specifically say that he didn't see anything; he just touched the light, and then the storm passed. And it's like that's not enough to convince anybody. Yeah. But sure. Yeah, I agree. So then Levitt says, "No pain." Um, which is basically just the city of light so what what makes this better than the city of light? I don't know so everyone slowly just becomes light balls and they become Groots where they stand and their bodies disappear and it Murphy and Amori become light balls inside the mind space even like this is weird like should we not have seen their bodies on sanctum be turning into light Groots instead of? Like inside the mind space? That was kinda weird. Well, I guess it's because their bodies aren't conscious, their yeah. minds are in the mind space. I guess. So. so we go back to Clark and Maddie is like struggling because like I, at first I thought she was saying that she was they were saying that she was not alive enough to transcend. Which is also like a third layer of garbage mm. on the already like pile of garbage. Which that I was gonna be on. really mad about. Yeah. But then they say that it's because she doesn't want to leave Clark. Um and Clark tells her that she should go. And so she does. And And I I feel that it's still a little bit implied that, like, they almost couldn't grip Maddie because she was, like, half dead or whatever. Right. But she's not. Mm -hmm. She's a whole person. Yeah. So Clark goes walking around and there are some dead bodies next to some of the trees, which is, at first I thought was, like, everybody else's, like, body and their, like, body becomes, like, mulch for the Groot trees or whatever. Um, But those are just the dead people who were literal minutes or seconds from transcending who died in that time, in that final war. And so Clark then goes to Sanctum and she calls for Murphy and Amori, and Picasso shows up. And when I tell you, I started yelling at the television. I was like, you're telling me that dogs don't deserve to transcend. Mm -hmm. I was bawling. I didn't cry the entire time. And as soon as Picasso showed up, I'm crying. I'm like, dogs of all people deserve (laughs) to transcend. I realized after watching last night. Dogs are different species. (laughs) That Clark didn't do the test for dogs. <laughs> <laughs> she did the test for humans. Which, but but it's still annoying because like the implication of transcendence or whatever mm-hmm. is that like every like conscious living thing that yeah. is part of your culture like gets to transcend. Right. Everything with a with a soul, and I believe dogs have souls. Mm-hmm. And, and just the fact that like dogs are locked out of heaven is just mm-hmm. insult to injury <laughs> at this point. All dogs go to heaven. Have you exactly. not seen the movie? So yeah, that was just really, uh, really garbagey. But also, <laughs> I just feel like there's also a concept of a world where they dial the people again, and Picasso goes through and like <laughs> passes the test, and all dogs transcend. <laughs> you you had a treat, but you didn't eat it yourself. You gave it to your friend to eat. Why? <laughs> Picasso's like wolf bark. <laughs> <laughs> I, I also want to know if when dogs transcend, do they? Are they also shaped like trees, or are they shaped like dogs, because humans (laughs) are shaped kind of tree-like, with, like, their arms as the branches? Oh my god. So, so, uh, do, are, if a dog transcends, is it shaped like a dog still? Like, or is it like a, is it like a boulder? Like, this is fun, but also, (laughs) like, the type of, like, Like, you put more thought into this, and the fact that Picasso was probably, like, surrounded by, like, Luca and Rex and all of the people, and and then they all start transcending, and and she's just, just, like, (gasps) sitting there confused and lonely, not knowing what happened to everybody, and just, like, alone, like, that makes me upset. Yeah, that's really upsetting. I I hope that Picasso wasn't there for long. If Clark hadn't come, she'd just, like, die alone, Uh, not knowing what happened to her family. That makes me sad. Um, Dogs deserve to transcend the most. Sorry. <laughs> wow, I, I wrote this. I guess Clark only did the test for humans, Picasso should do the test for dogs. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Which is what we just said. Mm-hmm. Um, so they both go to Earth, and Picasso just, like, immediately runs away because... Um, She's like, I don't want to be here. Because <laughs> she smells Murphy, who's a stinky boy, I guess. <laughs> um, and Clark chases after her, says that she does not want to be alone. And then God Lexa appears and says, you're not. And, like, <sighs> I want so bad. It would have been that so was much such to- a. Uh, like a fake out. It was such a gotcha moment because like it would have I would have been so pleased for this to be actual Lexa Mm -hmm. and like the transcendence people decided to like grant Clark her the person that she saw as her greatest love and Mm -hmm. like give her that back and then Clark and Lexa spend their days alone on earth or even Lexa comes back And it's really Lexa, and, like, she's the one that, like, leads her over there, and, like, you can headcanon this as well as actually being Lexa, because it's very differently toned than the other time that she shows up. I wish mean, she was wearing, like, a different outfit so that right. it was more, like... Like, not the war paint or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which is, like, how I think Clark sees Lexa anyway is, like, yeah. more of the 307 vibe. Get rid of the bindi! You ended the show with her wearing the bindi! And you Stop. didn't have to do you that. You know how much everybody thinks that that's cultural appropriation. It's not necessary. Yeah. Like, you you know better. You I really feel like, physically know better. I really feel like every time Alicia puts that on, she's like, ah, oh, uh, here we, we go again. It, yeah. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, I, this moment is such a like, wow moment, uh, that it would have been so much better if it was actually her. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I get to choose my own ending <laughs> I do in it my head. Mind. And, uh, I think, I think it's her. I also have my own ending, um, so I'll talk about that in a second. We will we'll both go into our, yeah. our hopes and dreams mm-hmm. for what actually was the finale. <laughs> so, uh, Clark's like, it's fine, I bear it so they don't have to, again, But And Lexa's like, wow, your people, they're so great, they've added so much to us already, and humans are just, like, really interesting. And I'm, I'm like, just, like, okay. super glad we were wrong about you. And it's, it's like they, uh... They She's were, just, like, like, rubbing it in Clark's face. She's like, but not you. Yeah, and it's like it's weirdly phrased like you've added so much to our consciousness already or something mm-hmm. and it's like yeah. it it's very um, much like the Borg mm-hmm. on, uh, on Star Trek which is their whole goal is like to assimilate uh, as many types of cultures and species as they can to like become the ultimate like species in the galaxy who like knows all and like is all encompassing mm-hmm. and so like implying that they just like add to the consciousness collective or whatever of the Transcendence people who who still don't have a name. Mm-hmm. Um, he like is just Levin weird. Levitt called them transcendence, like D A N T S. It ends with uh-huh. uh huh. But we've literally never heard that before. Um, so she's like, yeah, Clark, you can't ever join because you really messed up. Um, she she's like, I'm not the only human who ever sinned, and she's like, uh, everyone else here was murderers and criminals and literal cannibals. But okay, and like Godlex is like, um, it's not because you were a bad person before. It's because you shot someone during the test, yeah. and it's like. Okay, but that's a a weird place to draw the line. Yeah, if you can make an exception for everybody else. uh, Like, uh, all the religious criminals were, like, deadly criminals who also shot and ate people. Mm -hmm. And then Octavia ate people. Yeah but sure. Sure. So she says that Maddie is with them and that's like the only person that we like actually actively care about who's not here on the beach is Maddie. um, Who was alive. Who was alive and she says that she'll never die and she knew that Clark wouldn't have wanted her to live out her days alone and without anyone her own age to fall in love with. This is um very forced heteronormativity on a child. Yeah uh so like but also like where is she, you know? Like, how is Transcendence better? Like, we haven't gotten any answers as to, like, why Maddie would choose... I just, like, I wish we could have seen... Like, did we use all of our budget on the sparkle, on the purple sparkly so that we couldn't, like, I don't know, have some gold sparkly so we could see what's going on in there for, like, three seconds? That would have been great. Mm-hmm. So she's like, no one's ever chosen to come back before, but they're doing it. And when I tell you... All right, here's what I wish they would have done. So they're playing you 2 <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Um, Which is, like... Fine, U2 is a great band, yeah. but uh, doesn't have a lot of deep ties in the, in the context of the show. And you can keep playing U2 until now, until you see the other people on the beach. And what I would like is for us to start playing We Come Running from the pilot. Yep. I really feel like, or like, I don't know, a cover, you know, like how, how uh, in season three when they had like that like slow version of Radioactive, like we've done Radioactive, but we've done it twice, so I'm like, we could even like finish the trio and like do Radioactive again, Sure, that would have been Cause, fine. Because trios are like a thing and it's, it makes sense. But I swear, if We Come Running had started playing, or like some version of or, We Come Running, I would have lost it. Like We Come Running would have been great, my second choice would have been uh, the song at the end of the first episode of season two, uh, the We're we're Coming Home. Mm, Oh, um, yeah. Oh. Or, or. Knocking on Heaven's Door. Right. Bro. Exactly. And you chose a random U2 song. And it's like, U2 is a great band and this is a good song, but like, but you have so many iconic songs that can pull at your heartstrings more. This is, again, evidence of it being treated like a season finale and not a series finale Mm -hmm. because they don't, choose to use something that has, like, emotional significance within the show. They choose something that Jason just thought sounded cool. Right. So, you had a whole soundtrack worth of other songs that would have been more emotionally compelling than this. So, Picasso found Murphy. Um, Lexa says there will be no offspring and no transcending after death. So, basically, we sterilized you. And... This is my hope for what is actually true, and I'm just gonna pretend that this is true. Mm-hmm. That there is a completely separate heaven or separate afterlife, we'll pretend it's the lost afterlife, that everybody who did die on this show got to go to, and now all of our people also get to go there. And yep. that's kind of sucky that Maddie doesn't get to be there, because she's literally the only person who isn't here. But um, then it also implies that, like, the people who have died up to this point, including, like, Bellamy and Lexa and Clark... You will actually meet them again. Exactly. You'll actually see the people who mattered to you before, who sacrificed their lives for you Mm -hmm. again. Because, like, right now, the... Like, I'm an atheist, but I still believe in some sort of afterlife because it makes me sad to think of there just being blackness. And so, like, I... Like, I really want that for them, because it makes me really sad to think that, like, Jordan will never get to see his parents again, and, like, Hope never gets to see Dioza, you know? I mm-hmm. want that for them. I want there to be, like, a whole separate afterlife where everybody gets to hang out again after everybody is dead. And, like, I also, I absolutely believe in, like, an, ap- an afterlife in our reality, and I, I want that for those characters. So, like, I personally am also choosing to believe that mm-hmm. there's a separate afterlife that has nothing to do with with um, magic people, Mm -hmm. um, magic aliens. (laughs) So, yeah, I I agree with Robin's headcanon here that the other people and these people who have chosen to come back will go on to that afterlife. Mm -hmm. Because Maybe Meet Again was the huge thing, and it was about, in the afterlife... We will meet again. That's the that's the end it's, of the traveler's blessing, because they're traveling like, to this afterlife, to the other side, and like that's what that's what you're telling this person as they're like leaving this life and moving on to the next is I will see you again someday when I pass on and mm-hmm. move to the onto the the shore onto what's next onto what's next and uh, because death yeah. is but the next great adventure, Harry. Um. So I guess they all get new bodies because Amoris was dead, <laughs> um, <laughs> right? And. So one of the things that we noticed at first was we didn't think that Raven still had her brace on, and so we thought, oh my god, it's great, she got a new body and she's she's healed now. Mm-hmm. But they had like a weird continuity thing in which sometimes she has her brace on and sometimes she doesn't. In this part? Yes. So I'm like, okay, so is it not a new body? Or is this body that they gave her just the same one? Does
1: because Amoris
0: was dead. <laughs> does Amori have the hand? I... I forgot to look, but I assume so. Jordan and Hope are just lounging. Sure, Octavia and Levitt are here. Indra and Gaia are here. I like that Maddie was like, "I don't want to be here because there's no one else my age or whatever." And Indra's like, "I got nothing. I'm gonna just want to spend time with my daughter," which I thought was lovely. Yeah, I I liked that. I thought I also think that like the excuse for Maddie not coming back is just really weird and mm-hmm. like forced, like implying that every person needs to like. Be with another person, like in a romantic sense, mm-hmm. which is like really weird to put on a child. Yeah, it's like slapping a a ladies' man shirt on a oh, infant. That, yeah, exactly. So we also have and Echo, and Amori, and Raven, and Nyla, and Picasso, obviously, who um is clearly just Murphy's dog, and no one else's. Um, <laughs> but I still think, and even more now that. Think that Picasso is an homage to Vincent from mm-hmm. Lost, um, who was also a golden retriever and also made it all the way to the finale and didn't die at the end of the finale, um, and is also named after a famous painter. So that's my truth, and I think it's I I have a hard time thinking that that was just a coincidence. This is just a pale, poorly executed version of the Lost finale. Yeah. So you're correct. Yeah. You, we all know that that's what it is yeah so Clark gets a hug from Raven which is nice and Murphy and no one else just just Raven and well I mean technically like in the um, in the wides like she keeps hugging people which is great mm-hmm. but it, she gets like pointed hugs with Raven and Murphy Well I think of these people those were the two that like mm-hmm. meant the most to her right uh, or that she had the closest connection with mm-hmm. When I tell you that first my first thought was okay she gets to live out the rest of her life alone with Lexa. Mm-hmm. And then it was like no. And then the first thing you hear is Raven laughing. Yeah. And I was like, "Princess Mechanic all alone <laughs> on a beach end game." And I was like, "All right, I'll take that too." And then everyone's there and I'm like, "Oh, okay. Okay." <laughs> so then we get like this one weird like flash of Clark drawing on the floor, and I was like, "Wait, are you going to give me this like pretty nice ending and then tell me it was just a like why why do you think that they had that like flash of Clark drawing in the pilot. It's like the first thing that we saw. I Just feel like I circle. either read somewhere or like, I think I read on Twitter. I don't know who it came from. I don't think it's an official source. I, I think it was a fan mm-hmm. um, who said that their interpretation of that shot was because they didn't use the voiceover from the pilot, but they used the shot from the pilot. So the implication is That at the beginning of the show, Clark dreamed of being on Earth with her friends. And that's how she ends it, Mm -hmm. is living out her dreams. Mm -hmm. Not to imply that it was a dream, just that, like, that's what she always wanted and that's what she gets now. But So, uh, now's this part where I cry, so I'm gonna go grab a Kleenex real quick. Alright. Alright, here we go. I've grabbed my Kleenex, I'm taking off my glasses. (laughs) I am putting the Kleenex basically just on top of my face. So that the tears can just immediately soak up. Are you ready? Instant absorb. (sighs) Bellamy Blake (laughs) should be here. Yeah. In the, like, timeline of the show, Bellamy died, like, a day ago. And Mm -hmm. he believed so much in this, and even though we all made fun of him and everyone thought he was stupid, he was right, which is, like, even more ridiculous because, because now, you know, he died not only for nothing because Maddie also got, like, captured and stuff, but also he ended up being right and no one gets to, and he doesn't get to transcend, he doesn't get to do anything. I'm just saying that even if you only wanted the dead, if you didn't want the dead to transcend, why didn't Clark just leave him on Sanctum? And then later, he transcends without everybody else, and he comes back onto this beach because everyone else that he loves is coming back on the beach, even though all he ever wanted to do was transcend. He comes back because everyone he loves is here. And he goes, ha ha, Clark, I told you so. Yep. That would have been great. Mm Mm-hmm. You shouldn't, I just, like, he spent his whole life, he spent seven seasons on this show being the pillar of, like, I don't know what he was the pillar of, but he was, like, the main male was, character on this show, and he doesn't get to be here when everybody else who has still been, like, a main character on this show up to now is gets to be here. That's so unfair, I don't, like, why doesn't he, and he got such a crappy ending, I just, it's so sad, and it feels mean. This is where I've I've said a couple times both I think on the podcast and uh, multiple times on Twitter that it 100% plays like Jason at this point is writing the story to specifically to spite the audience because he seems to have a very malicious view of a certain type of fan who is here because of their like feelings for... The relationships between the characters and the characters themselves and he thinks that that is a like subpar reason to watch the show and so writing Bellamy a really terrible death and then making him write and then not letting him be a part of like that beautiful final scene feels very pointed and insulting and like s- like a specific choice that Jason made to spite The fans of his show that have been here for so long, which I do not understand as a creative and as a writer and as, like, a person in general. I just- that's a whole lot of hate to pack into your creative thing just to, like, make people angry. And I don't get it. And then he did that- and then he did that heckin' uh, interview where he was like, oh, no, yeah, it was fine. It wasn't hard. I just did it. I just made that choice. Uh, Like, that's just- Easy to do. Also, like, just say you hate shippers then. Just hate you. say you hate shippers. Say that you hate people who ship Belarc. I don't even ship Belarc, but I loved Bellamy. There are people in the world who love Bellamy without shipping Bellark or being a shipper or whatever. Mm-hmm. I loved Bellamy, and so why am I being punished? You shouldn't be punishing anybody in your audience, but why am I being punished? Because, like, most of our heckin' ships don't get to live together, yeah. you know? Like, I'm just really sad that, like, Bellamy doesn't get to be there after being, like, one of the only, like, people in space crew still. it doesn't feel- and nobody even mentions him at the end, like, oh, I wish Bellamy was here. And, like, you could- there- you don't even have to- like, if his goal is, like, not making Bellart canon or whatever, which is just, like, okay, fine. I don't care either way. If your goal is, like, not making certain ships canon at the end or whatever, you still- you don't have to do that. You've already clearly implied that Clark sees him as a friend, and, like, if that's the thing that you're trying to do and people can interpret it however they want, you don't have to, like, make them have some grand finale kiss. Like, he can just be there and people who, like, see them as friends can see them as friends or people who want more for them can see them as as more. And, like, it's just, it's very pointed. It's a, it's a big F you at, like, anyone who cared about Bellamy in any way and... I feel like this is another thing that's fueled by, like, whatever beef Jason has with the people who are both on his show and in his audience. That I just don't understand the motivation behind other than being a hateful person. Yeah. Um, so, like, my personal vision for how this scene could have made me had enough emotion and satisfaction and, like, closure for me to have personally... Uh, been like, yeah, I was really angry at the show for a lot of different reasons, but this ending was enough and it satisfied every every person enough that I think it was a good ending, would have been to have said, yes, everybody can transcend and then have everyone that we lost that mattered to Clark choose to come back. So we would have seen Kane and Abby here. We would have seen Bellamy and Lexa here. We would have seen Monty and Harper like, be with Jordan again, Mm -hmm. we would have- Oh my god! Like, how beautiful would that have been? We would have seen Jasper, like, making some hilarious joke, and, like, that's the reason Raven is laughing, and, like, we would have seen- And and Wells! Wells Mm -hmm. could have been Mm -hmm. here, and Lincoln, and, like, just so many different people that we lost throughout the show could have been here, and, like, I've heard so many people- say that like the the one thing that they wanted at the end of like almost every season is to just watch these people that we've fallen in love with over the course of the show get the chance to like live out their lives and peacefully build a home and a society and like share their lives with each other and like love is like the reason that they do all of this and how impactful would it have been to have may we meet again mean that that, like, all these people get to come back and, like, live out their lives and just be together in peace on the shore. In peace may you leave the shore. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. And, like, so in my head, seeing all of those people get to be there would have been the perfect ending. And I, I like and agree with Robin's, like, afterlife theory, and that is more applicable with what is canon because that's what we see happen, and you can just fit it in there. But in my head... I would have been way more satisfied if I just seen the people that Clark loved all be there to, like, welcome her with open arms. Honestly, even the people who had, like, if it had just been sending back the people who had died. Mm-hmm. Like, if, like, all of these people transcended and stayed transcended, and you just saw, like, Lexa and Bellamy and Kane and Abby and, like, Jasper and Monty and Harper and etc, etc, etc. No, whatever. I, I just... If you're gonna bring back people and like have them live happily ever after and like make your show actually have meaning and like a consistent follow-through from the beginning of the series with like the the things that you've said up until this point is like the defining characteristics do it right and like have them all be there and that's satisfying not like hey so we brought back some of your friends everyone else is just dead dead and um all the people who died before and sacrificed their lives didn't matter. And now you get to live here and just perish eventually. Like what was the moral of the story then if it's just ugh, fight and fight and try and try and try and then you're not worthy, but you can live and just die with the rest of your friends. It's just such a, it's such an insult to bring in like the worst parts of non-religion and religion to have Clark ending be, you are not worthy but you can, just, you can just be here until you disappear. It's just insulting on so many levels. Disappointing, and it doesn't provide closure. It's, again, a season finale, not a series finale. Yeah. And, like, those people should have been there, especially Bellamy, and it's just sad. I'm sad for a lot of different people, but I'm, like, so sad for Bellamy. And also, like, <laughs> a big F you... <laughs> <laughs> to all the people on Twitter making Murphy edits still, because I'm <laughs> crying about it. Our friend Charlie made a heckin' edit in which, like, Murphy went to go take the test and his person was Bellamy, and I was like, I'm gonna puke. And then <laughs> you put up the heckin' Taylor Swift thing with all, uh, all the, the, the greatest, greatest loves, loves are, of all. The greatest of all, loves of all time are over now. And she goes Klexa, Cabbie, and Murphy. Murphemy, was, was there I just a four had four? three. Yeah, Kleksicabi and Murphamy. I'm like, get the heck out of here with that crap. <laughs> <laughs> every I, time every time people, like, uh there's, like, these edits in which they, like, have pictures of, like, Murfimi being cute and happy. And I'm just like, you could have had it all. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they just, like, have Bellamy, like, grayed out or, like, whatever. And I'm just like, st- I'm gonna cry all over again <laughs> now. I, I'm especially, like, personally sad for... Abby and Bellamy and Lexa. Because, mm-hmm. like, I feel like those were the biggest people in Clark's life. I'm just personally saddest for those three people because they meant the most to Clark in her life. And they they don't get to have any part in this finale except for Abby and Lexa as, like, the face of the villain. Mm. And that was just really disappointing to me. Like, I will take... I will... I am a Lexa shipper and that's not a secret, I will take my visual breadcrumb of seeing Clark and Lexa together in the finale and, like, smiling. I will I will take my breadcrumb, but you don't get any points for that because you didn't do it right. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think that there's still so much to say, but I think we're going to defer it to the, um, the postseason discussion. Um, where we can talk a little bit more about it uh, with your guys' emails. And if there's more things that you want us to talk about, go ahead and send us questions for the postseason thing. And we'll also be talking about it with Selena. So there's still a lot more to say, but I think we're going to defer it to that. Wow. So there it is. Uh, so let's do our segments, I guess. <laughs> um, my first segment is the post-apocalyptic Sasquatch. Um, our favorite line word. Mine goes to Clark for Pencil Stone. I loved it. And my favorite line award goes to uh, Clark and Lexa for. I don't want to be alone. You're not. You're not. You're not. Because um, out of context, super perfect. Yeah. <laughs> and my my next segment is uh, did anyone mention Kane or Abby? And the answer is kind of, <laughs> because she is Abby is. Raven's person in the transcendence space and I I like that as a concept. Was not a huge fan of the execution of having brought Abby back only to have her voice, have her, have her be a voice of a villain. My next segment is mo- the most valuable protagonist award so this week's MVP I'm going to give it to, oh sorry can I also mm-hmm. and we have officially reached the end of the series and um no one ever mentioned Cain. Uh, after at died. all like we saw that single photo like flash of him for two seconds but he uh was never mentioned again after especially in season seven yeah so wow rest in peace sir <laughs> um my next segment is the most valuable i said valuable right the first time <sighs> okay i'm sorry it's okay my next segment is the most valuable protect <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> i can't say the word valuable i can say it when i'm not saying it in a sentence <laughs> valuable My next segment is the most valuable protagonist award. And this week's MVP has to be a tie between Raven and Octavia. I agree. Yeah. It's a a good tag team effort to Mm -hmm. save humanity. Yeah. I wish Clark had been part of it. Yeah. And uh, my other segment is what is Sam shipping the most in this episode? Uh, Number one, Clark and Lexa. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, I will take the visual of having those two together uh he'll put a little, little tiny band-aid on my poor little Lexa heart so it's number one clark and lexa number two my my murphy amori raven ot3 mm-hmm. uh gets an honorable mention and uh number three echo and hope Endgame. hmm echo echo Endgame. mm-hmm that's uh, how many episodes since the last murder? Zero. I don't even know. I don't even know if it's worth keeping that one for <laughs> for uh, us going back. Um, and speaking of, oh, I'd like to tell you about my segment. I'm I'm adding a segment. You see, I think I'm still gonna do most valuable most valuable protagonist award. But my other um, segment is going to be called Robin's Murphy Moment. <laughs> Murph of Me isn't always in every episode, but that's what it's going to be anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. Mine will probably still be uh, What Is Sam Shipping the Most This Episode. Mm-hmm. But, um... For every episode that Cain and Abby are in, trust and believe it will be Cain and Abby, and I am not sorry in <laughs> advance. You have to give honorable mentions then, I, Oh, I for sure will, because um, I have several ships uh, from this show as a person who loves relationships and shipping and uh, is also a multi-shipper. Mm-hmm. There will be There will be like a tier list yeah. for each episode <laughs> that we go back to. Um, and so speaking of that, let's make our big announcement. I feel like I have hyped it up way too much. (laughs) Um, because like, I don't think that we're doing it the way that you expect, but in like a really like chill way. Like my mom was like, oh, are you changing up the format? And I'm like, no. (laughs) Um, so I will now announce, ooh, exciting. (laughs) Um, we are going to be starting in 2021 doing season three. Uh, we have decided that it would be weird for us to do season one, then season two, and then end this entire podcast journey with season three. So we've decided to do season three and then season two and then season one to end with season one. Yeah. So I will tell you a little bit more about like when to expect that after our um post series discussion, but it's starting in 2021 and um yeah, sorry if that was disappointing. I feel like I, <laughs> I feel like I hyped it up a lot, but yeah, we're gonna be starting with season three and then going backwards, basically. Yeah. But we're not we're not doing um like the season three finale backwards, we're gonna do 301 all the way to the end. 201 all the way to the end. And then we kind of have to figure out what to do for season 1 cuz I, I don't really want to end on the season 1 finale. I'm like can we end can we find a way to not be confusing and still end with the pilot. So we're still trying to figure that out, but that's like over 2 years away, so. Yeah. That's a that's a problem for future us. Exactly. But uh I'm excited to go back in that order um, mm-hmm. because it's just going to get like progressively more entertaining, I think for both of us. Mm-hmm. I love season 2, so. Yeah, season 2 is probably my favorite season. It's my favorite season for sure. And then season 3 is like my second favorite probably. Mm. So I'm excited to do those with yeah. you. Yeah. I was I was telling Sam recently that like when season three was airing, I was like, I hate this, I'm mad, Bellamy, but because Bellamy, like, didn't feel in character to me, and now it's, like, at this point, I'm like, that's just who Bellamy was, I guess, uh, but, and, like, <laughs> looking, looking back on it, I'm like, ah, season three, I love you, season three, so I'm excited. And then, like, I'm that weirdo who, like, weirdly loves season three, just, especially for the first half of it, because, yeah. like, so much of the beginning of season three is, like, po- political, like, world building of, like... The conflict between Arcadia and, like, building a society here on Earth, which is, like, what I think the end of the show should have been. So I'm excited about, like... The wiggle room that we get to like headcanon and theorize mm-hmm. about, especially in those parts. Also, season three is a feast for cabbie content. I yeah. gotta say, gotta say mm-hmm. it. I'm I'm also excited. Also, just so everyone knows, I will not be rewatching season one and season two in preparation for season three. So you guys are gonna have to keep on us on us being like, did that happen? I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna. We're just gonna watch the episodes in yeah. uh, that we're that we're doing. Uh huh. So so keep keep us on. On track on those because uh, I'm not rewatching anything. <laughs> I feel like I've done enough rewatches in my, yeah. during my the time of my life when I was like super obsessed with this mm-hmm. show. That I, I don't think will have a huge yeah. problem, but if I it remember, catches, feel free. I remember a lot about seasons one to four, and then after that my memory goes really murky, so it's nice that I don't really have to remember <laughs> remember that much from that that time. But uh, yeah, I think we're going to close this out now, um, and holy crap, we, we, we did it. We sure did do that. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. Please, if you're so inclined, write us a review on Apple Podcasts. Did you see how much work we did this season? And how hard it was, you guys owe us a review, <laughs> a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Um, even if you just want to do the stars, we'd really appreciate it. It gets us up there. Um, and remember to tell a friend because we are going to be starting um, and doing the seasons that everybody actually likes. So if you've got a friend who has been burned uh, by the hundred, I get it. Same. Um, or we stopped watching after season three. Yeah, exactly. We're, we're covering the good part. We're covering it. And so uh, make sure you, you tell your friends uh, that we are going to be doing that. If you're a fan of Riverdale, we like to talk about that show too. Uh, we have covered every existing episode and uh, we're like super excited for season five. We have a lot of fun on that feed. Mm-hmm. Um, so go check it out if you also enjoy fun things that make you laugh. Yes. Uh, if you're a fan of Lost, be like Chuck, but that show too. Um, it's my favorite show of all time. I've got like several people who are starting the show now that the hundred is over, and I am thrilled. I promise you, if you message me about Lost, you are not annoying me. Mm. Please message me uh, all of your thoughts. I would appreciate it. Live tweet them. Let me know when you what you're what you're doing. Um, our podcast is spoiler free, so you can listen to it while you go. Um, some people say that Lost is kind of confusing. Um, not if you pay attention, and uh, even if you don't pay attention, you can listen to our podcast because I'm going to uh, lay out every single detail that you need to remember yeah i just please <laughs> uh if you want to just provide robin with some serotonin mm-hmm. um just at her in the top of your lost mm-hmm. live watch thread or live tweet thread promise you i'll like every single tweet. she will be thrilled mm-hmm. and she will just go through it with so much joy and serotonin every single tweet will give her serotonin mm-hmm. so you should do that for her yeah if you like Ensemble shows, survivalist shows, survivalist shows, sci-fi, sci-fi, golden retrievers, (laughs) (laughs) um, and characters that are so fleshed out and complex that they become your family and like relationships and found family. And like, this is for you. Yeah. Uh, even if you don't like those things, I really feel like you can find something to like about this show. It is so spanning. It just spans so many genres. And, and and ooh, I know I talk... <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. I know that I literally talked about this, like, I've, I've talked about this for seasons or whatever, but every time that The 100 has an episode that's just too dark, I always bring up the fact that Lost did it so perfectly in the way that they just, like, drop little pieces of joy throughout every single episode. Like, there's so... Much. It's so um it's just so dynamic in the way that like there's just something for everybody and it's never too heavy for too long. It's so good. Mm-hmm. I don't know I, I don't know what else I can tell you. Please do this for me. <laughs> <laughs> I literally I go, I get I get good place points every time I get someone to watch Lost and I'm doing well. Please join me. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. Uh if you're a fan of Star Trek, we like to talk about that show too. Um Star Trek is also another one if you like enjoy serotonin, you should check it out. Cause it it doesn't let you down. Like mm-hmm. it's not a perfect show, but like, I don't think a perfect show exists necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, except for Robin would say Lost is perfect. I would say Lost, There, you know what? It's not, <laughs> it's not perfect perfect. And we'll talk about that in our podcast, but it's mostly <laughs> perfect. But if you want shows that are um, not gonna let you down, you should check out Star Trek. Speaking of shows that won't let you down, if you watched The 100 and it broke your heart, I wrote an article, um, mm. about nine different shows that you can watch after watching The Hundred that all have like a piece of something that The Hundred did wrong, but these shows do it right. Um, all so four can, <laughs> shows that we also <laughs> that we cover <laughs> that we cover are on this list. It's great. So uh, you can check that out in the description or at TelltaleTV.com. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so if you like Star Trek, we have a podcast about it. We've covered all of season one of Star Trek: Picard. Um, and Brittany and I have hopes and dreams for doing something there in the future but we also uh, Brittany has like three jobs and I um run a household so uh it will eventually be there luckily all they have to do is like speak and uh and I'm gonna edit it for them so so we owe Robin a lot (laughs) we're uh we have plans for 2021 I don't know what your guys' plans are, but I plan to make you record in 2021. Uh if you're a fan of Stranger Things, you like talk about that show too. Um I feel like Stranger Things is our most um underrated podcast, but I think it's really good. I know it has like the least amount of like episodes. Well, technically Star Trek Picard has the least amount of episodes at this point, but um our our Stranger Things one, I think is Like per season has the least. Yeah, amount of and it's it's I think our, like, character conversations and our... If you want a show that's based in magic. (laughs) But we all, like, sound super smart and, like, have, like, really good theories Mm -hmm. about things on Stranger Things. Like, we get to, like, deep dive in, like, a... In a way that, like, I think takes the best parts of Lost, uh, the Lost podcast that we have and the Riverdale podcast that we have and combines them into one because we have a lot of fun on our Stranger Things podcast, but we also, like have really intellectual conversations Mm -hmm. that are, like, really cool, I think. Yeah, I agree. And I think that one of my favorite things about Stranger Things is how um, real the characters feel. Mm -hmm. And so we're able to have, like, some really great character conversations in which, like, I can kind of imagine myself in the shoes of each of those characters and, like, kind of see what they mean and Mm -hmm. what they're feeling, even if, like, at first watch you think that they're being, like, unrealistic or, like, ridiculous. It's also a really good show that, like, has something for everyone because, like, There are three, like, specific groups. There's, like, the group of children, and then there's the group of teenagers, and then there's the, like, adults and the parents. And no matter what combination you put the people from each of those groups in, like, per season, they, like, they mix it up every season, like, who is grouped into storylines, and then all the storylines come together at the end. No matter what combination they're in, it's always a compelling story. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that they use their characters really well and, like, just have them all be very defined and, like, work well with each other. I agree. I feel like we didn't go in enough on our Riverdale podcast now. <laughs> um, but I really love Riverdale. It's, like, definitely the least deep <laughs> out of all of the podcasts or all of the shows that we cover. Um, but that's what makes it fun, though. Um, like, I think that, that, that that's also what's fun about it is that, like, it pretends to be very, very deep, um, which is what's fun about it because... Calm down about the fun thing. And the characters also, like, feel so special to me, Mm -hmm. and, like, there's a mystery every season, so we get to, like, try and theorize about a mystery, which is why, like, Katie Keene just, like, did not work for me, was because there was no mystery, and I was like, come on, Riverdale's supposed to be about the mystery and the intrigue, and I want that, and they say the most ridiculous things. It's, it's so much fun. It's, like Sam says, the junk food of television. I do say that. Yeah. It's, uh, it's just deeply entertaining, um, because you're having a good time, whether the show is good or bad, because- if it's good, you're having a great time. If it's bad, you're making fun of it, and you're still yeah. having a great time. And it's okay to make fun of it. Because, you know, like, it's part of the joke that Riverdale is And It's definitely part of the joke. And it's, and it's so much fun on the podcast, too, because the fandom also understands that it's a joke. So, like, if we make fun of the hundreds, sometimes people are like, that's not chill because X, Y, Z. Um, but, like, on Riverdale, everybody is like, yeah, it was dumb. When I tell you guys, let me, just, uh, let me just paint you a picture. This season on Riverdale, there was a... <laughs> I don't even know how to explain it. There was a, a tickle, a porn, tickle porn ring, like mafia ring. Yep. And it was my least favorite thing about the season, but it was so much fun to just completely just crap on on the <laughs> podcast. And even if you don't watch the show, we have lots of people who just listen to the podcast and just are confused, but listen to us <laughs> laugh about it and it brings us joy and it brings people joy. So yeah, I guess we, we now, now we've gone no, way <laughs> in on each of our podcasts. So you should definitely check all of them out, um, it's just, it's awesome. I, I have a great time on all of them. And I'm excited to have a good time on this podcast again. Mm-hmm. And I can finally just, like, have serotonin from the my own hobby that I monetize. You know? <laughs> you can follow the Aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Redbubble, and YouTube, uh, mostly on Twitter. But Robin does make gifts of our favorite line awards. If you, like, are looking for um, a favorite line that we said and picked on the podcast and you want to, like use it as a reaction image. Mm-hmm. Um, she has a really good one that just went up recently from our Riverdale podcast of uh, Alice saying, well, that just doesn't make any sense. Um, <laughs> I saved that one. I've used it a couple times <laughs> <Exactly>. already. <right. laughs> so if you want to go check us out on Tumblr, Robin makes gifts of our favorite Lion Awards, and uh, they are handy mm-hmm. for reaction images. Just pro tip there. Uh, Like we said earlier, our Patreon is patreon.com slash The If you like what we do here, please consider donating because what we do is expensive, especially with five podcasts. Every year we have to pay SoundCloud to have each one on there. So it's expensive. And uh, we do offer you like cool things for helping us out, including Um, early access, and then for $5 or more, 10% off at shopylux.com, which is where me and Brittany, um, sell some art. Uh, mine is fandom art, so if you like fandoms, uh, check it out. And Brittany makes resin art, Mm -hmm. um, which is just, like, coasters and makeup organizers and, uh, pretty much anything you can think of. Star Trek Com badges. If it has a silicon mold, she can make it. <laughs> and she's doing yeah. customs too, so if you see something on the site that you're like, oh, I really like that, but I wish it was in a different color. Literally, she's got that for you. You can do it. Mm-hmm. Both of my friends are like um, super heckin' talented, so you should definitely check out shopylox.com. And if Patreon isn't your thing, that's a really great way to help us out um, without without using Patreon. Mm-hmm. Although Patreon is great <laughs> you want to <laughs> check that out. All right. You can and, follow. Oh, sorry. And if you're a Patreon sponsor, uh, I think Robin mentioned it already in this episode. But this year, you get mm-hmm. stickers because we hit a milestone, um, and they're gonna be super heckin' cool because mm-hmm. Brittany is designing them. And just uh, keep an eye out. So you might wanna you might wanna join before before November. Oh yeah, and annual memberships are also available. So if you want to get 10 percent off of an annual membership, so instead of paying sixty dollars, you would pay fifty four dollars for a five dollar membership for the entire year. Those are also available. So check that out. All right you guys. You can follow me personally at Robin E Jeffrey that's R O B Y N E J E F F R E Y pretty much everywhere and uh my embroidery business is at High Birdie which is H I B Y R D I on Twitter, Instagram and TikTok. You can follow me on Twitter at at Sam Casey's, which is S-A-M-C-A-S-C-Y-S. Um, and uh, you can follow my writing on telltelltvcom slash author slash Smith Coley, which is also in the description below. So the next thing that you're going to see on this feed is our post-series discussion. Um, please send in your questions using the survey in the description. Um, if it's not there anymore, that means that question answering or asking has been closed um and we are also going to be talking about the emails that we got about the finale you know i assumed this episode was going to be kind of long we weren't going to have time for it and i was right Um, (laughs) so we're going to do that and also we're going to be talking with um selena so that's going to be great i'm really excited for it and i hope that you are too (sighs) that do be it that do be it (laughs) okay love you bye okay love you bye. bye